Call me, Kevin Flesh, today at 303-806-8886, 303-806-8886, or fleshlawfirm.com. KKSE, Parker, Denver, home of the Nugget, home of the Avalanche, Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Live from the Altitude 950 studios, the Vic Lombardi Show starts now. He's the only one who knows what the buttons and dials do. Jesse Trujillo! He's the newlywed who hasn't yet established good boundaries. marty He's a millennial who keeps this train on track. Sort of. Will H.W. Peterson! He's the smartest man in Denver sports media. And he wrote about it in July. James Merlat! And he's the star of the show, the center of the morning universe... The one and only, Vic Lombardi! The game-winning overtime goal as the Condor soars again! Man, was that a finish last night at Pepsi Center. The Avs jump out to a 2-0 lead. That lead evaporates in the third period. The Jets score a late goal in the final minute off a crazy bounce, sending it to overtime. It looked like we get to a shootout, but the Condor in the closing seconds of that OT on a breakaway wins it for the Avs. And they are partying again at Pepsi Center. Welcome to the Vic Lombardi Show. Joined by H.W. Will Peterson and once again the return of Manchester. James Merrillet. Welcome back, James. How was your new year? It was, uh, it was great. How was, uh, how was yours? I know it's probably a day late to be asking, but hopefully it was, uh, it was good. Mine was low key in the middle of, uh, small town Nebraska. It was great. I don't even remember the new year after yesterday. There was so much activity with the Broncos yesterday and the Avs, of course, that, you know, you sort of get lost in the shuffle. I thought the press conference at Dove Valley, and we'll get into that shortly, was one of the more entertaining, informative, and, uh, provoking, thought-provoking press conferences I've attended in quite some time. Put it this way, the Broncos season has been a borathon. Yesterday was actually fun. Fun for me in the media. I don't know about you guys. No, yeah, Vic, I was there with you. It, it was it was a fascinating day at Dove Valley. I mean, it was so intriguing. And the Vic, I, I'll ask you this, the tension in the room, I mean, how many thousands of Broncos fans would love to have experienced the tension in the room with John Elway and a certain someone. I mean, that was that was flat out like reality show type stuff. Well, it's good to have tension. It's good to be mad. It's good to know that there is uh, ticked off as the fan base. If they weren't, there'd be problems, right? If everybody was a uh, less fair in there and oh, no problem, we're good. Look the other way, then you'd have issues. But they uh, they voiced their concerns. They took it. They admitted it. They uh, they they told us yesterday. We gotta fix this, cause we screwed this up. I liked it. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I appreciated what I heard out of the Broncos. No, yesterday. I wanna hear what Manchester has to say, but, and I'll get to it in my piping hot take. Ellis and Elway were great. They both killed it yesterday. Vance Joseph was awful. What do you think, Manchester? Oh, that's a shock. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I, I liked what I heard out of John Elway, and we talked about this I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, it was my hot take one day that I, I, I'll bet on a ticked off John Elway. And, and Vic, I, I, I told a couple of examples of, 
you know, him getting shoved under the bench by Winston Moss of the Raiders, and all of a sudden the guy who was having a terrible game, the light switch went on, he had the look in his eye, and the Raiders were toast the rest of that game. Elway kind of had that look in his eye to me yesterday, a little bit of like, all right, laser-sharp focus, uh, you know, knows the task at hand and, and ready to, to, to tackle it. The proof will be in the pudding. It's really easy to be ticked off on January 2nd and get up there in, in a press conference. Uh, you know, I, I, is that going to last throughout the entire offseason? Is that going to last when it's time to go to Coeur d'Alene? Is that going to last when it's time to go to uh, to Napa? And, and maybe you guys don't like me keeping track of that stuff, but I took from Joe Ellis's comments the, hey, we were resting on our laurels. We've been looking backward at what we've accomplished a little too much. I took from that of we haven't been keeping our eye on the ball. And that's what I was trying to point out all off-season long. And the text line killed me, and the Twitter machine killed me, and this show killed me, and that's exactly what happened. So if yesterday was a sign yeah. that that's no longer the case, great. I, I'm I'm on board, but I, I'm 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 willing to give Elway that chance, but the proof will be in the pudding. Vic, you want to get to the uh, the big news right now? We can dive a little more into this. I do. Let me yeah. let me make one comment before okay. we get there. The one thing I noticed, the one observation I had, and again, this is a a child of the '80s talking here, and uh, you could relate a little bit to this, James. The one thing that hit me is I'm watching Elway seethe. He was seething at one point. You know, we grew up with this guy who's sort of a mythological figure, right? A superhero who always seemed to find a way to win. And we haven't seen him bleed much. Yesterday I saw him bleed a little. And in the long run, bleeding's not bad because it's eventually you're going to have to patch things up and work it on your own. And you're right. I want to see how he reacts to this adversity. It's, it's an adversity as a member of the Broncos he hasn't faced. Remember, he inherited a team that was in shambles and put it together. Now it's in shambles, do it largely, do largely for him, for what, what they've, what they've done the last few years. So he's got to fix what he has broken, and I think he will, but I found it very curious. Now, time for our new segment, James. Big news right now. What are the headlines? The big story we're following this morning. What caught everyone's attention? The big news right now. All right, Vic, uh, in Manchester, DMAC, I'll, I'll just say his name. I don't really care. I know he's on another station. I don't care. I hope you're listening to us this morning. I hope you keep listening to us here on AM 950. But he and John Elway wanted to kill each other yesterday. Let's hear the sound. Well, you're always learning. You know, and you're always learning every year. You, you look at different players that evaluate, uh, players that uh, got better and played as well as you thought they should, or other players that didn't play as well as you thought you should. And so, um, you know, it, that is, it's a tough situation. Evaluation's always tough. And so we continue to learn. I think every time you make a choice or you go make a decision on a guy, you see how it turns out. Then you look at it and say, okay, how could I have I got better? What did I miss? And what did I get? Uh, Vic Manchester, go. What, what what was your reaction yesterday to Elway having a moment of, uh, do you know who I am? Stop being such a jerk. What did you guys think? You know, it, it, it's pretty obvious that they're sensitive to this, and most human beings are when they get criticized. I had no issue with it. I think it's great. I think it's great. I, I love the fact that he's angry. An angry Elway, as Manchester says, is an effective Elway. I'll leave it at that. Welcome to how it should be. Uh, how do you think the GM would get questioned in Philadelphia after a 5-11 and season? I, I thought it was tame. 
Uh, moment number two of the press conference was John Elway and our very own Vic Lombardi. Let's hear some sound. John, everybody sees you on television scouting quarterbacks. You were scouting a few here in the last week. What do you look for particularly? What What do you see when you're looking for a quarterback that can play at this level? Well, I mean, I think half is what you see on film, and the other half is figuring out what kind of guy it is. And in college, you're allowed to be a kid. You know, you come to the NFL, and the expectation levels rise. What gets you here is your swagger and your confidence as a quarterback. If you got a chance to play in the NFL, and that's what gets you here, and you can't be afraid of it. You know, to me, I say it all the time, it's 50% the, the, the physical side of it, but... You know, the 50% metal side and the heart and finding out what they got, what they have inside, that's the difficult part. Wow. Manchester, Paxton Lynch gets thrown under the bus. Yeah, that was clearly a shot at the guy who didn't want to answer the bell on Christmas Eve in Washington, D.C. Of, you know, you got to be ready for it. You got to be ready for the moment. You got to step up. Uh, it's not time to be a kid anymore. You got to be a man about it. Uh, I, I think he was clearly addressing Paxton Lynch and Paxton Lynch's inability to answer the bell. Yeah, let, let's let's just get to let's cut to the chase. Paxton Lynch is done here in Denver. I mean, yesterday spoke volumes. Okay, I, I just don't think he's coming back after what you heard from the guy who drafted him in the first round. He was a major letdown from the get go. Didn't prove anything. I mean, Vic, uh, I heard yesterday, and I ran with this on Twitter, and it, it was funny because I got a, I got a couple mean mentions, but. I went on Mosier's show yesterday and I said this. There's about 30 of us who cover the Broncos. And afterwards, I was shooting the breeze with two people. And both those two people, I'm not going to tell you who they are, told me the Broncos are going to pursue a fifth or sixth round pick for Paxton Lynch. Uh, real quickly, what would you guys think of a fifth or sixth for Paxton? Right, I'm taking it and run. Yeah, I'm with you, Vic. <laughs> At this point, if you get anything and you get rid of that contract, uh, which, you know, it's not enormous, but it's still a couple million dollars in dead money if you get rid of him. I think he's $4 million bucks against the cap next year if he's on the roster. If you can shed that and just turn the page and move on, that's what you have to do. Next up, that stupid signage on the stadium that Vic and Easy e might have to take down. Well, we got a little update. Yeah, uh, I do, actually. We're... Uh... We're, we're, I actually spoke with Jay Roberts this morning. He's our stadium manager, and uh, we're in the process of having engineers looking. We're going to take the signs down. Uh, all of the exterior signage will come down here starting probably in a week or ten days, I think. Uh, the name, Nikki, needs to remain in place for a while because we have some placeholder events both inside the building and then in the bowl itself, some concerts and stuff. And there's, uh, there's just some connection to that name, whether it's through ticketing or event management or things like that. Uh, I suspect by the start of the season, we'll either have a placeholder name or a name on the building that involves a corporation supporting that name. Vic, go. I'm going to take that Sports Authority sign that they take down here in 10 days, and I'm going to move it to my dad's car wash. I'll take it off their hands. Man. It's now Sports Authority car wash at 10th and Wadsworth. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Manchester, thoughts? Uh, finally. Uh, you know, I mean, it, they gave this the old college try to, to not have to have this transition and not have to have a, uh, a no-name stadium for a while, and it got more and more embarrassing as time went on. Uh, look, does the, does the name of the stadium really impact What's happening on the field? No, but I think the inability to have made this decision and to done the have done the right thing for however many months, years it's been is a sign of sort of how things were dysfunctional down at Dove Valley. So the fact that they're finally getting it right, okay, I'm going to applaud them. I, I criticized them for 
ages for not doing it. They're finally getting it right. Maybe it's a sign that they've finally figured things out down there. Uh, John Elway was good. Joe Ellis was good yesterday. I asked him a question. Let's hear that. Joe, it's clear that both you and John are emotional today. I don't want to put words in your mouth, though. What What is the number one emotion you're feeling right now? Uh, well, I'm trying to move past the final game Sunday. Uh, it takes me longer than it takes John. John's a uh, not only very competitive, but a former athlete competitor, competitor at a different level than the guy sitting in this chair right now. Uh, so I take it a little harder, a little longer. Um, but uh, that's not really, you know, uh, that's not really acceptable. i got to move on from it. So, uh, He eventually went on to say his overwhelming emotion was disappointment. Manchester, are you glad that both John Elway and Joe Ellis are this ticked off? Yeah, I mean, it's better than the alternative. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's better than him going up there and saying, hey, we were in the black this year. We turned a nice profit. 2017 was a success. Uh, you know, everybody got their bonuses at the end of the year. Yeah, better than that. I like the fact that he's still seething about a loss that meant absolutely nothing. I mean, the season's been over for a month and a half, and he's still mad about Sunday. That's that's great. I mean, yes, that's exactly what you want. It's why we're always so ticked off when players are, you know, exchanging smiling. jerseys and smiling yeah, after yeah. games. Because we're mad. We want them to be mad. So I thought it, Joe Ellis had the most profound comments yesterday. I'm going to touch on those in my hot takes coming up. Yeah, no, I, it's good. It's 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 what you wanted to hear. That was the tone I wanted to hear from Joe Ellis and John Elway yesterday. Was ticked off, and this isn't acceptable, and they need to go back to the old Pat Bolin. It's Super Bowl or bust around this place. Anything less than that is a failure. And we, we finally heard that or got that sense yesterday, which is great. We'll close with some good news on the ice last night at Pepsi Center. Sends it down low for Buffalo Naps. Tip it free. They got a two-on-one. Kick the head. Here they come. Breakaway. Eric Johnson down the slot. Shoots. And he scores. It went off of hella fucking in. The game-winning overtime goal as the Condor soars again. The Avs have beaten the Jets by a final score of 3-2. For the second time this season. Vic, the Avs are on fire. They're on fire. Are you finally willing to admit that they're in the playoff conversation like I've been telling you for two weeks? Oh, hell yeah. They are now. They're on a bit of a roll now. I mean, they, they've now what? They've gone 4-1-1 one, and one in their last six. I think they're 8-3-1 and one in their last 12. And they're only three points out of that wild card spot? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. They're they're balling. You know, there's the only way to say. By the way, how the hell does Mosier, after his voice goes into nuclear range, how does he, how does he get back to talk the next day on a talk show? Manchester voice not suffer. I know Manchester McKinnon MVP. He's getting closer and closer to that conversation. I've been pumping it. Look, I'm as excited as you are to turn the page from a football season that was disappointing on every front in the state to the Nuggets and the Avs. I am. But we might want to pump the brakes a little on MVP talk. MVP. <laughs> MVP. That's the big news right now, Vic. Give you the back of my hand right now if you keep that up. Any chance in the studio at this hour. I'm not in the chanting mood. MVP. Those are our big news stories of the day. Coming up next, our piping hot takes. And Jared Bednar at 730. Thanks for tuning in. Right here on Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Kreckman and Harris.
Coming up Tuesday on Kreckman and Harris, Nate Kreckman should be a father by now, and the Broncos season has finally come to an end. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Now it's Nuggets and Avalanche, and boy, I'm excited both teams can make the playoffs. Let's talk about good things. Let's talk about the great things. It's 2018. It's Kreckman and Harris, Tuesday, 3 to 6. Every weekday afternoon, 3 to 6, only on Altitude 950. Over $135 million. That's how much money the C3 Group recovered for its clients just in 2017. The C3 Group is a group of licensed public insurance adjusters, engineers, appraisers, meteorologists, and other experts here to help you with your insurance claims. Consider them a go-between between you and your insurance. Let the C3 Group help you today. Visit the website at c3adjusters.com. C3Adjusters.com At KeyBank, we believe financial wellness is all about taking small steps. Financial wellness means spending your money wisely and being aware of your spending. KeyBank's financial wellness tool not only makes it so that I can track my spending, but I can see what I'm spending my money on. I feel more conscious of what I'm spending, and I feel like I have the reins more than I did before. If you want to take your first steps to financial wellness, use the red key. KeyBank. Member FDIC. Get $3 off coupons at O'Reilly Auto Parts and wherever fishing and hunting licenses are sold. Go to SportsExpos.com for store locations and show information. The Sportsman's Expo, coming January 11th through 14th to the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. This may not be easy for you to hear, but you might need a hearing device. Do you have trouble hearing in crowds? Has someone told you you have the game on too loud? It could be you're having some hearing loss, and a modern, barely visible hearing device might be the solution. We're not talking a clunky old thing like grandpa's. Visit EchoHearingCenter.com. Schedule a free hearing test. Then Echo Hearing Center can help you determine if a hearing device is right for you. Listen, if you think you might be having a hearing problem, why not check it out? Visit EchoHearingCenter.com. The National Western Stock Show rolls into Denver January 6th through the 21st. So saddle up and ride. 16 days of family fun and rodeo excitement, including the original extreme sport, PBR Bull Riding, Rough and Tough Pro Rodeos, World Class Horse Events, the Super Bowl of Livestock Shows, and acres of Western shopping. Hey, if that don't light your fire, then your wood's wet. So come make some memories with us. Tickets are on sale now at NationalWestern.com and all King Supers locations. The Altitude 950 Traffic Update. A delay on southbound I-25 this morning. Extra delay between 120th and 84th Avenue from an earlier accident. Traffic is brought to you by the Rock and Roll Marathon Series. Utility work blocks the left lanes from both directions of Washington at 77th Avenue. That's a delay this morning. Rock and Roll Marathon Series is gearing up for 2018. Don't miss the best-in-class running experience where everything you love about running comes together. Register now. RunRockAndRoll.com. I'm Chris McLaughlin. Fun with traffic on Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. First of all, Happy New Year to everybody. There's nobody happier that, than me that 2017's over. <laughs> Maybe Vance. Don't forget Jared Bednar coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, lots to discuss with the coach of the Avalanche after another thrilling overtime victory last night at Pepsi Center. Avs are on a roll, only three points out of a wild card. Yesterday, I spent the um, the morning at Dove Valley. Uh, HW was there. We're listening to uh, Elway, Vance Joseph, and Joe Ellis do their thing about the state of the Broncos, where they're headed next, and that is going to work right in to our piping hot takes. 
I spit hot fire. Altitude 950, Denver's all sports station, and the Vic Lombardi Show present Piping Hot Takes. Brought to you by Porter at Venice Hospital. Top 5% in the nation for robotic prostate surgery. It's Vic's Hot Take. You know, a lot of talk about what the Broncos did, what they said, and what they plan on doing. Here was my takeaway from that press conference yesterday. Vance Joseph talked about why he fired six assistant coaches. Said he needed to change the culture. Well, what is the culture at Dove Valley? That got me to thinking. Who's responsible for cultivating said culture? Joe Ellis said it best. How about we leave the damn trophies in the trophy room? A characteristic that kind of seeped into our building a little bit. Expectations are fine. We should always have them but we shouldn't make assumptions. I feel like, you know, there's times where I just get a sense that as an organization, maybe we're looking at a, you know, a slogan on the wall or three Super Bowl trophies in a locker room. We kind of assume that that's the way it's going to be. And if I let that creep into the organization, then I'm the one that has to stop that mindset. The Broncos are an example of how a winning culture, how quickly a winning culture can erode into an entitled culture. Broncos are an example of how success can lead to lethargy, how the elevator up must always come down. The classic example of the perennially proud franchise that has lost its way, a roster full of proud players who expect to win just by showing up. But more than anything, after hearing them talk yesterday, the Broncos are an example of a team that has a specific need A need, when filled, can fix every damn problem they have. They need a quarterback. Go give Kirk Cousins his 20 million plus. Get it over with. And get those slogans off the wall until you win another Super Bowl. Next hot take. It's HW's Hot Take. So three people spoke on Tuesday. Two were awesome and one embarrassed himself again. Denver Broncos President of Football Operations and General Manager John Elway was raw. He was emotional, and he wanted to kick D-Mac's ass. And again, I don't care about saying his name on these airwaves. President and CEO Joe Ellis was beat up, too. When I asked what his overwhelming emotion was, it was disappointed. And, and you know, I appreciated the honesty. These guys take this stuff hard. Elway and Ellis are a dream team. They're going to fix this mess. The Broncos will, will win another Super Bowl under their watch. The problem, they're stuck with an incompetent and overwhelmed coach for the next four to five games, and we're only talking about 2018. I know it's New Leaf Wednesday. I know I promised you New Leaf Wednesday, but you have to hear how Vance Joseph embarrassed himself yesterday at Dove Valley. It's it's the NFL. Okay, Every team practices well. That's important, guys. I mean, you guys think it's not important sometimes, but it's important to have great preparation each week. So that won't change. You know, for me as a coach, believe it or not, that's important for me. Stop it. Stop it right now. You're embarrassing yourself, VJ. Fans hate that preparation line. They loathe it. Really, 
It's defining you. No one cares how good the preparation was when a team goes 5-11. and 11. No one. I can't fathom that you got a second chance and still drop that line. You will go 1-4 and four and then get fired or something like that. I dare you to prove me wrong. Dare you. Your clock slash in-game management is a joke. It makes Foxy, John Fox, look competent. How did a 35-year-old field, 35-yard field goal in Indy turn into a 40-yard field goal by Brandon McManus, which he eventually missed with a terrible delay of game penalty. How? That's on you, VJ. You can scapegoat Brock Olivo all you want, who did indeed have to go, but you're the head coach. It's still your fault. I did my olive branch with Jeff Bradich. I'm doing the same thing with Vance Joseph. The Broncos have my cell phone number. Call me. We'll talk for 10 minutes. We'll become friends. I'll become your biggest supporter. But until you call me, we're not friends, and I'm not your supporter. You will get fired once you go 1-4. and four. Oh, I'm sure he's waiting to get to that first phone line to get a hold of HW after that one. Next hot take. It's Manchester's hot take. I don't know where that one went there at the end with the whole invitation Jesus to call. That was, the guy's uh, losing it. I think. Off, I think medically, I, you, need, you need a medically induced coma. He's on the rails. I'm trying to be fair, and I'm trying to flip on Vance Joseph because we all know once they sign Kirk Cousins, they're going to be good. And just like Peyton Manning covered for John okay. Fox, Kirk Cousins will cover okay. for Vance Joseph. Right. Go ahead, Manchester. And here's my hot take. And, and, and Look, you win in the NFL based on two things. Quarterback and head coach. That's it. That's the two things that matter. Every roster is basically the same. Every roster is is composed of of great college players. They all have four or five or six Pro Bowl caliber players. The difference is your head coach who establishes your system, your culture, your way of doing things, and your quarterback. If you're lucky enough to have both of those, you're going to be great. Case in point, the New England Patriots. If you have one of them, you can be pretty damn good year in and year out. The Broncos right now have the worst head coach in the AFC West. It ain't even close. And they have the worst quarterback situation in the AFC West. That's even a bigger margin. It ain't even close. So the coach situation isn't getting fixed. It's not. They decided to keep Vance Joseph. Based on what? Based on what? We saw no improvement from week one to week 17. And they're trotting this guy back out there and saying, we're going to blame it on the six or seven guys who are no longer here. They're the ones that are at fault. Balderdash. Okay, but we're going to go get a quarterback because everybody just believes John Elway can walk across Sloan's Lake and pull off miracles. How? How is he going to get a quarterback here? We've been hearing all about it all offseason. Wow, all season. Drew Brees and this and that. These guys aren't going to be on the market. They're not. And let's say Kirk Cousins is out there and he's available. Why in the heck is he coming to Denver? Why? Why? To play for Vance Joseph? A guy, if he starts one and four, he's out of here? He's going to sign up long-term to come into that situation? Why? So he can play in Billy Moose's system? Was anybody impressed with Billy Moose's adjustment during the, the his tenure as the offensive coordinator? Why on earth would a free agent quarterback come sign with this team? They were 5-11. and 11. They have a, a, a head coach who's in over his head, who can't count to 11 in week 17 and get the right number of players on the field. So it's really great to say John Elway was ticked off. So what? So what? What's that going to translate to? How's he going to be able to just manufacture a quarterback out of thin air? They're going to have to draft one. They're going to have to develop one. And they're going to have to be patient and wait for that to turn the corner and, and that person to turn into a hopefully a franchise quarterback. That's the route. That's the one you can control. 
And does anybody think there's anybody on this coaching staff who can develop a quarterback? I don't know. I don't. But it ain't going to just get fixed because John Elway was mad. They have the worst head coach in the in the division and the worst quarterback in the division. And one of those things ain't changing, and the other one ain't guaranteed to change. Vic, Manchester, real quick, these reports that Ben McAdoo could be the quarterback coach. What do you boys think? Well, you better shave his mustache before he shows up. I won't tolerate it. Ben McAdoo did wonders in New York. Boy, I can't wait. Actually, no, he's the example of a guy who's better at a position coordinator than he is head coach. There are hundreds of them out there. You know the kind. Hell, Wade Phillips admitted he was that kind. Guys who can coach a certain position, coach a side of the ball, but can't coach a team. He might be the classic example of that. I would have no issues whatsoever with Ben McAdoo. And by the way, Manchester, be careful. We have a new segment that closes the show. This is where Marty O comes in and tells us what we said or did wrong during okay. the course of this program. Okay. So make sure that you're on top of things. It is 2018. I need you to change two things. I want Balderdash replaced. Okay. I've got right now Thesaurus. You can go with you can go with nonsense, baloney, blarney. I did lather Balderdash fan. All of Manchester's back. Kisla used poppycock in his column today, which is my other one. Fiddlesticks. Fiddlesticks. Folderall, fudge, hogwash, hokey pokey, horse feathers, malarkey, senselessness, Tommy Rot. What the hell is Tommy Rot? I don't know. Anyway, use it. Also. Instead of Sloan's Lake, let's go Stanley Lake, Berkeley Lake, or Rocky Mountain Lake. All right, we're going Stanley. Your choice. My neck of the woods. We're going Stanley. Very nice. You got the Vic Lombardi Show. The head coach of the Colorado Avalanche, Jared Bednar, after another thrilling overtime victory. He's next on Altitude 950. Save hundreds on your next Yukon, Buick Encore, Sierra 1500, or Acadia at Sus Buick GMC. At Sus, there are no dealer fees, ever. The price you see is the price you pay, plus tax. Sus saves you hundreds on their vast selection of over 500 new and used cars and trucks. So when you're looking at the sleek and powerful new GMC Terrain on Sus.net, you can focus on how you'll spend the hundreds you saved. Sus Buick GMC, where they treat you like family. Family owned for over 35 years at 1301 South Havana in Aurora. What's at Lamar's Donuts that you won't find at any ordinary donut shop? How about gourmet indulgences of the highest quality? Lamar's Donuts are always made by hand daily and with only the best ingredients. That was Ray's way. Come enjoy our delicious donuts at one of our nine conveniently located Colorado Lamar's. And also visit us online at Lamar's.com. That's Lamar's.com, where we have simply a better donut. Scott Aces here. Urology cancers, including prostate, kidney, and bladder, are among the top ten cancers diagnosed in men. At Porter Advantage Hospital, part of the Centura Health Cancer Network, they are pioneers in robotic urology surgeries, performing more than anyone in the entire Rocky Mountain region. In fact, they've been named among the top 5% in the nation for prostate surgery three years in a row. Learn more about their minimal incisions, maximum expertise at porterhospital.org slash urology. Safeway is currently hiring drivers to work in our transportation department located on 570 in Colorado. You will ensure that deliveries are made on time with precision routes and timely scheduling. You will be able to go home at the end of every shift. And the starting rate for the driver's position is $22.49 an hour with a potential bonus of up to $5,000. 
You must have documented work experience in the transportation trucking industry to be considered for this position. You must have a Class A CDL, at least three years or equivalent to 300,000 miles of all-season or mountain driving experience with tractor-trailer equipment. Refrigeration experience preferred. Must be 21 years old to apply. This is a great opportunity to work with a stable company you can retire with. Safeway treats their employees outstanding, offering an excellent compensation and benefit package, starting out at $22.49 per hour with a potential bonus of up to $5,000. To apply for the driver's position, log on to SafewayDenverDC.com. That's SafewayDenverDC.com. Safeway is a drug-free workplace. Berg Simpson is a law firm with a national reputation and proven results. Berg Simpson, your fighters for justice when the game is on the line. Go to BergSimpson.com. That's B-U-R-G Simpson.com. Good lawyers changing lives. This is Steve Berg of the Berg Simpson Law Firm. If you've been injured, don't leave the important choice of legal representation to just anyone. We have proven results. And you can check for yourself at BergSimpson.com. That's BergSimpson.com. Berg Simpson. Good lawyers changing lives. The Altitude 950 Traffic Update. Overall, a pretty nice drive. We did have an earlier crash south on I-25, keeping traffic slow, 128th Avenue to 84th. Traffic is brought to you by Unbound.org. Utility work blocking the left lanes of both directions of Washington at 77th. Maybe a spot you want to avoid. A boy from Kenya dreams of finishing his education. An elder longs for community in Guatemala. A mother worries about her children's future in India. Help them write a new story at unbound.org. I'm Chris McLaughlin with traffic on Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Text us at 30933 to join the show. Puck knock loose behind the net. Renton is there. Tried to send it far side. Stuffed in front. Score! Nathan McKinnon on a delayed penalty call. And one off a volley on the far side. McKinnon picked it up, and he rips it home inside the near post. Well, Winnipeg tied the game in the final minute of regulation. At that point, you're thinking, oh, man, 2 nothing lead, gone just like that. But then they go to overtime, and Eric Johnson scores with just under 10 seconds to play in that overtime, and the Avs win yet again. They're now 5-1-1 one, and one in their last seven. They are three points out of a wild-card spot. They are only two wins shy of their win total all of last season. Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Colorado Avalanche, Jared Bednar, on the hotline with us. Coach, congratulations. It's fun to watch. That was fun to watch last night. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a fun game. You know, it was a big big game for us, you know, still on the homestand and, and uh, playing the top team in our division as of last night and, we know they can be a lot to handle, but I like what our guys did. We had a good first period and, you know, built ourselves the lead over the course of the game and, you know, it slipped away a little bit at the end with a weird bounce off the end boards. But, uh, you know, we responded in overtime and, and got the job done. Uh, had a lot of solid performances from our guys last night. All right, before we get into the good, and I know you didn't have much to say last night after the game. You weren't informed of the extent of uh, Varley's injury. Uh, Varlamov left the game late in the second period, did not return. He was replaced by Jonathan Bernier. What is the status of Varley from what you know now? Yeah, so he's he, – I, I, it's hard to say that he's day-to-day or – he has a lower body injury. Um, looks like it's muscular, so um, – 
he he is at this point day to day, and with sort of like our schedule that's coming up, we play tomorrow and Saturday, and then we're we're going into this bye week. So, um, you know, I think that I would say after that would that we'd be evaluating him to see if he's uh, ready to go at some point during that bye week, and and just see what happens. So we kind of have a bunch of guys in that boat right now. Um, Confer's out with uh, an injury that should have him back after the bye week. Andrew Ghetto could be the same thing, and uh, Varley. So, uh, teams playing well, and you and you hate to break that up. As on one side, as a coach, you like to keep going and keep playing and and find a rhythm to your game. But with some of the injuries now that we've just uh, suffered recently, I think this uh, bye week could do us some good, or it's a good time for it anyway. Coach, from what you know, is the Varley injury a something that's been progressing, something that you know has been boiling, or did it happen last night? No, it just happened last night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just All right. Well, that's good night. to know. I mean, at least it's not a long-term deal where you're wondering if he's going to return this season. So uh, you're always curious as to the extent of these injuries. I know after the game, um, y- you win a game at home. And it's always bittersweet because as a coach, you're like a parent. You're you're worried about your kids. You're worried about the status of these kids. How vital is having a healthy Varley for this team right now, the way you're playing? Well, it's it's really important, and and we found that out uh, a little bit last year. And, and, you know, looking at the numbers throughout the league and and where teams are at and where their goaltenders are at, you know, like I've heard guys debate it and – the 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 good teams are the best teams in the league. Their their goaltending has 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 been really good. It's, there's a direct correlation there, and um, you know I would say that it's not even good enough to just have average goaltending. You need your goaltenders to steal you some games to get to the top, and and they need to be consistent. And, and that's what we're trying to do: build consistency throughout our whole group. And I, I feel like our goaltending has been really good. Both guys have given us a good chance to win every night for the most part. And, and um, you know, he's he's a huge part of that, to, to have uh, him in the net. And, and he, he gives us confidence. He controls the game. And, you know, he puts us in every game and gives us a chance to win. And we just have to make sure that we're creating enough offense for him, which we have been lately. And, you know, it, it's extremely important. And, and when he's been out, he, you know, he got sick there, what, a few weeks ago. And and uh, Burns has got his scheduled starts, and he got sick. And Vern, Burns played five in a row and won four out of the five. So we have two capable guys back there that we feel really, uh, really strongly about. And uh, hopefully Varley can get back here soon, and, and we can keep running with uh, with those guys as we see fit throughout our schedule, depending on how busy we are and whatnot. And because they're a big part of it, there's no question. I couldn't help but wonder last night. You chopped Bernier in the game. Who's your emergency goalie if he were to get hurt? Who plays if he's not in? So there was a guy. We we have a guy in the building. Yeah, I was kind of wondering the same thing because it doesn't <laughs> happen very often, like early in the game like that. But they, we haven't. We had an emergency guy in the building that you know that's that's there ready to go. So he came down to the locker room after the uh, Bernier uh, or after the Varley injury, and Burns went in because there's still a large portion of the game to go. You know, so. Um, I guess every team has one in the building, just so you're so you're safe and 
that that's that's relatively new to me because it's the first time that that, that we've needed a guy on standby. So how do you find this guy? How does he show up in the building? Do you do you, do you have a, a, a an audition for backup goalies, emergency goalies somewhere? I think we just know uh, a couple of guys locally that that would be capable to come in and, and help us try and survive however much time's left in the game. <laughs> That's crazy. It's not it's not like any other sport. Like in, in football, you're stuck with whoever you got on the roster, right? You can't be making changes mid game. In basketball, same thing. You can't bring some guy out of the stands. But in hockey well, it's different, especially with the goalie position. Well, yeah, and only with the goalie position because you can't just leave the net empty if you're or stand a player in there. You know what I mean? So I know there's in the history of the game there's some strange circumstances where guys have have, have gone in there. It happens in the minor leagues. Uh, you know, having been there, I've seen some some strange ones there that you know our radio guy threw, used to play men's league ten years ago, and you you, you throw some uh, equipment on him if you run out of goalies and, and throw them in the net and try to survive the game. But uh, at the NHL level, you have to have someone that that, that knows what they're doing, obviously, because you don't want anyone getting hurt either. Yeah, I like that the radio guy. I'd like to see Moj in there. Heck, heck, I think the coach <laughs> should do it. I think coach should put on the pe- Hitchcock would have a field day in the net my god <laughs> yeah i don't know that we want to see any uh anyone else in there but our two guys but yeah. anyway it's it, it, it's a, it's a weird situation because you only have two guys and and obviously if something happens you have to you have to have some sort of plan well can you explain what is happening with that mckinnon miko landy line because they are uh they're nuclear right now and you don't dare mess with that line at this point no, no, you can't. And and I don't know. This they've played together, you know, a lot uh, this this year. Especially we've had them together. We put them together early and kept them together because of what they've been able to accomplish. They they, they have a little bit of everything there. You know, like the speed, explosiveness. You get you get a power forward game really in all three of those guys. It's it's. You know, Landy's doing a really good job of getting to the net and coming up with second chance opportunities. And Max so explosive up the ice that he, you know, he can create something every time he touches the puck. And when they're when they're skating and managing the puck, Miko he's been skating really well lately. And I and and that's the key to his game. The 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 seven eight game point streak, whatever it is now, it's it. When he's churning his feet as a big guy, mixed with his skill level and his ability to see see the ice and pass and shoot, like he's a double threat there. And same thing with Mac and Landy. That I think that you know it's just it's a lot to handle. Through three top players, and and they're all contributing and they're and they're consistent at what they do. And, and they're good defensively, so they spend less time in their zone and they're able to play more offensive. Uh, Offensive zone play and, and more time on the other opposition side of the rink. I believe, Coach, that uh, McKinnon is the NHL's leading scorer ever since the Duchesne trade. Is that a coincidence? Um, well, I think that that's that's all for me. I, I know that there's been a little bit of a, a changing of the guard. There that he's. He his mindset is that he's the offensive leader of our team. That um, 
you know, there, there's no doubt who we're going to lean on when we, when we need them and and when we're down goals or when we need a goal or when a power play comes up, it's 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 obvious and he's he's embraced that role. But I I think it's it, we were going to see it anyway. It's you know that that's all based on McKinnon's work and his preparation and uh, I mean this guy in the off season you know trains with one of the best in the world he's now one of the best in the world he's it, it's it, 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 the work he puts into it in the off season the work he puts into it every day when he comes to the rink the condition he keeps himself in the tools that he has and, and the hunger to be um great every night i think is is he he's got a fire and a passion for the game that that drives him and 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 that's why you you believe that he's that he's going to he was going to be able to get to where he is right now and beyond hopefully and and you know like these line mates have a lot to do with it too you like i said the chemistry that those guys have and and the way they complement one another i think that it's it, it was going to happen either way with or without Duchesne. Well, your PK was on a heck of a roll there, 37 straight before that uh, power play goal early in the third. Uh, I think the team record's 43. How do you account for that? Why is the PK, PK working wonders all of a sudden? Yeah, well, there's there's numerous things. I think coming out of last season, you do your review as a coaching staff and areas that you have to get better in and, and areas that, you know, some people might have been surprised that we were fairly good in. And one of the things that we, we our PK wasn't where we wanted it to be. We want our, our specialty teams to be top ten in the league and, and, and hopefully even better than that. And certainly the, the big thing was uh, Nolan Pratt, went to work in the summertime as always and and evaluates our, our penalty kill looks at all the analytics throughout the season as we go and areas that we need to improve where are we giving up our scoring chances how can we improve that um what might be a safer bet for us and and he did a real good job making some subtle tweaks to it um some of it stayed the same some of it was changed and and the buy-in, the the dedication, the determination, uh, the attention to detail from our players, and, and sort of identifying a group that could do that job and the, the, that really wanted to take pride in doing that job, um, they, they they deserve a lot of the credit, Nolan and those guys that are doing it on a nightly basis. And there's a there's an element of sacrifice that has to be. Uh, has to be there every night. Communication within those groups and, and the tightness of the group, I think, is starting to grow, and you're, and you're seeing the results of it now. And then also, when there's a breakdown, you need your goaltending, and, and uh, that's one area where um, you know both of our guys have been good, and Varley has been exceptional in the penalty kill. The the sort of outside shots that can be dangerous. Um, you know, D chances, I guess you'd call him. He's he's rock solid in that area, and and you know you add all those things up, and and you have yourself a penalty kill that's climbing hmm. towards the top of the league. Yeah, pretty darn dominant until that uh, that goal early in the third. Coach, you, you look at the final numbers, and granted that the win is all that counts, but total shots, Winnipeg uh, forty four on goal, you guys twenty six. Does that concern you at all? Well. I'll say this, I really liked our, our first uh, period. I liked uh, 
portions of her second. Uh, we there was a there was a time in the second period we didn't manage the puck very well. We we stopped charging it up the ice and 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 uh, we had some turnovers and and we had a lead. So um, you know they were this is the top team in our division. They're trying to get back into it. Um, th- so that wasn't bad. But the what happened is we we got three straight penalties in, in the end of the second. And they started racking up shots, so I think the shots were somewhere around the twenty six, twenty seven to fourteen ish after, after two fifteen. I can't remember the the number, but the and that was all fine. The the third period, what we did is we arrived in D zone coverage. Well, we'd make a a play to which should give us a breakout and, and some possession going through the neutral zone. And, and we chipped it out off the boards and made the safe play and or aerialed it out into the neutral zone, and then they turned it and shoved it back in our zone, and we went and did it again. And, and that's what our third period uh, looked like. So it, it's an area that, that our team has to grow in. You want to try and make some of those plays, the safe plays, the plays to get them out when you're under pressure, but you also got to find opportunities to, to make a play and a pass tape to tape where you can skate through the neutral zone and put it in and get back on the offensive, and, and that's how you eat up the clock. You want to eat up the clock a little bit in the offensive zone. You want to push for the next goal. We didn't do a great job of that last night, but part of that also is, is the size and strength and speed of their team, and, and they're coming at you. So we did a pretty good job managing that, and at the end of the game, they got the you know a funny bounce off the empty net uh, rim, and and ended up uh, getting the equalizer. But for us guys to uh, our guys to respond and stay in it in in overtime and and, and make a play to win the game, I think was uh, should give us confidence, and, and it's something to be proud of, and it's a big win for our team. All right, last one, Coach. Now that you're three points out of that uh, wild card, and I know it's way early, I get it, five of the next six are at home, do you notice a little gleam in the eyes of your players? Do you, do you sense a little more pep in the step that uh, they're in this thing? You're in the conversation. It's a different season. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and to be honest, I think we've felt that, that way as a team all along. Um, you know, we're still uh, last in the division, but – it's so tight, and, and even the, the 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 bottoms pushing up, which is us. The, the middle's tightening up. It's the whole conference is is tight. And you look at our like we're four games above 500 now, and, and in the bottom of our division, it's a it, we have we we're gonna we have to remain in the conversation, continue to focus on the process. But I, I know that our guys are enjoying it. They've enjoyed the homestand. They've we talked about it before we came home that our that our last homestand wasn't very good and that this needed to be really good. We needed to get into the pack here and and make sure we're playing good hockey and giving ourselves a chance to win every night and our guys have really bought into that. Our leadership's been strong. Special teams at uh, at home have been great. Ray Bennett on their on their power play, they're finding a way to get it done every night. And it's similar to our penalty kill too. It's it's guys Listening and paying attention and and buying into what what Ray's been selling them and making sure we're getting enough shots and traffic to the net and then they have the skill to make plays and there's an element of 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 putting the work first that that's important in in both those special teams and our five on five play and 
hey, the guys are doing a good job on this road trip. Now we have to make sure it continues and, and just keep coming to the rink every night with a with a purpose and a, and a real uh, strong focus. Well, it's a pleasure to watch, and and I still contend you should make Moe's that emergency goalie, dude. His face is impenetrable. <laughs> he doesn't need to he doesn't need to wear a mask. Just put him out there maskless and let him stop everything coming his way. No issues. Yeah, it, it's something we'll consider for the future. We'll maybe have to test him out in a, in a practice first. Coach, thanks, man. Great job. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Take care. That is uh, Jared Bednar. Uh, the morning after another thrilling win at uh, Pepsi Center. Again, he gave us the update on, on Varley, the lower body injury. Uh, hoping to have him back after the uh, bye. Weird work in the schedule again this season here. Uh, uh, early January, they got a week off. But um, interesting, I and, and the coach is not going to expound on it. But I'm just wondering when they when they say it's a muscular injury, it's a lower body injury. I wonder if it's a reoccurring um, Varley groin injury that that affected him for the first part of his career. Hell, it, it led to surgery. I, I just hate to see it go back to that because that that sounds like a chronic issue. And I, I don't want to speculate. Clearly, they're not going to say it. But if it's back to that growing problem again, stuff doesn't go away, man. Doesn't go away. You got the Vic Lombardi Show when we come back. What the hell is the Pro Football Hall of Fame thinking? I got to beat with the Hall of Fame again. And I never want to let the Hall of Fame affect my mood because I really don't care too much about the Hall of Fame. But on this day, I I got to beat. We'll discuss next. Guys, I want to take a moment this morning to tell you about my friends at American Financing. Give them a call at 303-695-7000 or check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. You know, I work with uh, HW. He's a millennial. So the news that came from my friends at American Financing really caught my attention. Millennials aren't just buying homes at record rates nowadays. According to new data from Ellie Mae, they're also refinancing their existing ones. It makes sense. With average interest rates falling to their lowest point in 2017, millennials are taking advantage of refinancing opportunities to lower their monthly interest payments. It's something we can all be doing right now as interest rates are extremely low. At least they will be for the next month. That's when the Fed meets again, and that could easily mean a rate increase. So don't wait much longer. Make the call to the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing today. They're at 303-695-7000. You can also check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. Don't forget, American Financing, the official mortgage company of Altitude 950. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Kevin Flesh here from Flesh Law. You've been in a car accident? You're told by friends to get an attorney. However, the insurance company is willing to settle now. You wonder, will I end up losing money by getting an attorney? Insurance companies want this situation. No attorney and, more importantly, a quick settlement in their best interest. That's where Flesh Law can help. We take away all your doubt and get you the money you deserve. Call me, Kevin Flesh, today at 303-806-8886, 303-806-8886, or fleshlawfirm.com. Next time you want to drive up the hill to play at the casinos in Central City, don't crawl up that old twisty canyon stuck behind slow buses and gravel trucks. Do what I do. Take I-70 to the Central City Casino Parkway. It's a quick, easy, scenic drive. And best of all, it's a modern four-lane highway. Central City offers everything you need. Hotels, dining, bars open 24-7, and live casino action day or night. 
So remember, don't take old twisty. Cruise I-70 to the parkway and take the four lanes to fun. Do you have a hankering for some real, authentic, quality Colorado Mexican food? Make your way down to Real de Mines. Experience the ambiance and taste of Mexico with their meals prepared from the freshest of ingredients. And when you're in the mood to unwind, the happy hours at Real de Mines will help. Live music, karaoke, and delicious, authentic Mexican food. It's Real de Mines with four convenient locations. Find the location closest to you and drool over their online menu at realdemiresrestaurant.com. Pepsi Center is the place to be for Thursday and Friday night home games with Nuggets Night Out. Murray's on the run, and he throws it down. Get one ticket and one beer for just $23 per person. Out to Barton. Can he hit again? You betcha! The next Nuggets Night Out is Friday, January 5th, versus the Utah Jazz at 7 p.m. Jokic three to shoot. Fall back, baby! Yeah! Get your Nuggets Night Out tickets today at Nuggets.com or by calling 303-287-DUNK. The Altitude 950 traffic update. Southbound I-25 dealing with stop and go traffic between 104th and 84th sluggish through downtown as well. Traffic is brought to you by unbound.org. Overall traffic still a little bit lighter than we normally see in holiday mode still somewhat. Northbound I-25 speeds are dropping below posted limits between 225 and Yale. What is the education of your children worth? There are children across the world who lack the privilege of going to school. Change the story for one child at unbound.org. I'm Chris McLaughlin with Traffic on Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. I'll say this, guys. You know, when you go 5-11, and 11, and um, it wasn't good this year, as far as our football team, um, you know, you have to make some changes. And in my opinion, it was time to move on to change the culture, you know, in, uh, in certain rooms. Guys, this just hit me as, as we hear Vance Joseph talk about what he needs to change as the Broncos head coach. What's the difference between Vance Joseph and Jared Bednar? Both now, Vance Joseph just completed his first year. He'll go into his second. Bednar in the middle of his second year. What's the difference between those two head coaches? Mm, Jared Bednar didn't have expectations to win it all Vance Joseph had those expectations, at least to make the dance, and he went five and eleven. So I, I would say there's a fairly big difference there. Uh, you know what, Vic? I, and I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure what you're, what you're fishing for here. This is, this is a crazy question, but, I, but I, I, when I give you the answer, you'll say, yeah, that's a good point. Here would be my thing. Jared Bednar seems like he knows what the heck he's talking about. Like he has a plan, he has a system, he knows what he wants to do. He doesn't seem to waffle and waver from it, even in the midst of a very disappointing first year. Um, he stood by his guns and what he wanted to do. I don't get the sense, week in and week out, that Vance Joseph knows what in the heck he wants to do. I mean, how many times did we talk about during the season, of like, what's the identity of this team? Nobody can answer that question. So I, I guess from my standpoint, that's that that would be my answer is one guy seems to have convictions, the other guy seems to waffle. One guy was a head coach at some point. The other one was not. So he knows what he wants to do, right? The 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 resume tells me that one guy's already gone through all this. One guy's already had to deal with the culture of a team, albeit not at the NHL level. But we, we we've said this before. I've 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 gone down this road before. It's okay to hire assistants and coordinators as head coaches. It's fine. But you better make sure, damn well sure, they know what 
plan they have in place, and they're ready to execute it. Uh, listening to Vance yesterday, when he said he, he, he didn't know how to really coach his coaches and that's something that he's got to work on, and you you know, that's something you you better know that going in. That's that's 90% of the job well, as a head coach, especially if you're not calling the – if you're not the offensive coordinator like Kubiak was or the defensive coordinator like a lot of these guys are, and your job is simply head coach managing other coaches, boy, you better make sure you got that down. No doubt. And it's it's part of why when they hired him, I, there was two reasons I was critical of the hire. One, I didn't think he had the experience. He had been a defensive coordinator for one year, and his defense was awful in Miami. Awful. So it was like, well, what's this based on? The second thing was, who had he worked under? And, yeah, he worked under Gary Kubiak back in the day in, in Houston, but it was not exactly, oh, yeah, he's been learning from the best of the best in terms of organizations and how to run things. And I said it at the time. Mike Shanahan was a better head coach when he came back to Denver because he spent the couple of years in San Francisco and saw this is how you run an organization. And the Broncos became the AFC version of the Niners in terms of first class, guys getting their own rooms on the road, all those kind of things, the, the Eddie DeBartolo treatment in San Francisco. What did Vance Joseph bring here? Was it the Marvin Lewis system? That, that, I mean, that's where he was for the longest amount of time. That's, that's what he brought here for managing his coaches and putting together his program and putting together the offseason. Like all those things that go into it. I, I didn't know what the what the basis of it was. Well, and Vic, I, I promised you that January 3rd, 2018 would be my new leaf. I made that promise on Twitter, and it's going to be my new leaf. But things change, and, and things change when Vance Joseph embarrassed himself yesterday at Dove Valley, and that was my hot take. I cannot believe he brought up the good week of preparation again. What were your I, thoughts? Sure. Why, why did that offend I mean. Those are just words. Oh, Vic, Vic, you know. You just lost it for some reason. Vic, you know how upset that makes fans. You know that, right? You know how upset. I'm upset about that. I I don't, honestly. You haven't heard a single one? Then you don't, then you don't read your Twitter mentions, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. It's a, it's a daily theme on Mark Mosier's show. Yeah, you should listen to Mosier's show. They talk about it all the time. I thought he was the Avs emergency goalie. He I might do. be that. Hey, we got We have to reset at the top of the hour. But when we come back, I want to. I want to have. I, I got a beef with you, HW, because when you were answering the question, the difference between Bednar and VJ, mm-hmm. you said it's about expectations. I want to address that. All right, we back. do need to address that. We'll also do our Power Five question of the day. We got Nuggets and Jazz tickets on the line. Manchester, you and I just watched the Nuggets and the Jazz. How are the Jazz back at Pepsi Center? I, I actually thought it was a typo when I, I like, really? They're yeah, here again? You read my rundown I and did. you're like, HW screwed up. I promise you, Nuggets and Jazz tickets. We got to hear Manchester's beef. We got to hear why Vic doesn't read his Twitter mentions, but we'll get to all that next. You want me to read all my... KKSE, Parker, Denver, home of the Nuggets, home of the Avalanche, and the most in-depth and honest Broncos analysis, Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, at the ones and twos, for the Vic Lombardi Show, the hardest working man in Denver, make some noise for Jesse Trujillo. On the wing, the man whose last name is impossible to pronounce, Marty O. At forward, the big redhead, notorious shoulder driver, H. 
W. Peterson. And in the hot seat, wearing the fancy black shorts. And he's always right. Thinks he's always right. James Manchester Mirlap. And the man in the middle. He's a small man, but he's a good doctor. Attorney at flaw. Make some noise. Everybody up on your feet. No one's sitting in your seat. It's time to meet Vic Lombardi. Yeah. I think it's... I mean, it's it's a big win for us. It's a big win for us in the standings. It's a big win for us because this is the top team in our in our division at this point, and they've been playing real well. And you know, this tight checking game for the first little bit, and you know, we give up a lead, but to be honest, they made a great tip on their first goal, and then they got a lucky bounce off the boards there to tie it late, and we answered back and won in overtime. So I think our guys stuck with it and. Hour number two, the Vic Lombardi Show. You heard Jared Bednar here in the uh, first hour. Um, and I asked the question, the difference between uh, both coaches. It, it, one one has a head coaching resume. He's done it before, so he has a system. He, he has checks and balances. He understands the process and the process that it uh, it takes to turn a team around. So that is the difference. And by the way, Coach Bednar mentioned how uh, the Avs were still at the bottom of the division. That changed last night. The Avs are actually ahead of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Blackhawks have 42 points. The Avs have 43, and the Avs are only three points shy of that wild card spot. We'll talk to Adam Morris at the top of the hour, nine o'clock. Um, my uh, beef with the Pro Football Hall of Fame coming up, uh, and we'll get back into what happened at Dove Valley yesterday. But first, our Power Five question of the day. What can we not get enough of today? So hot right now. Let's dive into the Power Five. And we will do the Power Five, I promise, but I want to give Manchester a chance here. He was he was not thrilled with something I had to say about Vance Joseph and Jared Bednar. Well, no, you said that the difference was there were expectations on Vance Joseph. There were expectations. I believe you said there were expectations to win it all. If that was the expectation, it was preposterous. Because I picked this team to go 6-10, and 10, and it wasn't because I was trying to come on here and be a contrarian. It was because they have a lot of holes. They have a very inexperienced coaching staff. They had a coaching staff that, to me, was a hodgepodge put together that I didn't see it working. And they had Trevor Simeon as their starting quarterback. So there may have been expectations of that, but those were ridiculously lofty expectations. Yeah, but you're being too rational right now. Uh, like, oh, well, gee, yeah, what an yeah, awful yeah, thing for, to be accused of. That's a weird word to use. But seriously, James, Akeem Tlaib, Chris Harris, Bradley Roby, Darian Stewart, Brandon Marshall, Derek Wolf, Vaughn Miller, Shaq Barrett, Shane Ray. What do all yeah. those guys have in common? They, they got a big old fat I'll, I'll tell you Super what else Bowl they have ring. in common. They can't put points on the board. That's what they have in common. Well, they did. They're, it, they're good they playing did 20, from ahead. They did in 2015. Yeah, and Peyton Manning was their quarterback. I mean, there's a difference. Look at both playoff games in the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning staked them to a lead in all three games. There's a difference. This team in, 2015, in 2016 and this year, they were constantly behind. Constantly behind. It's a different defense. Vic, we're always asking you to pick sides real quick here. Whose side are you on? I don't even know what you guys are arguing about. The the fact that expectation if there were expectations that this team was going to win it all this year and that's why Vance Joseph is a disappointment, that's not on Vance Joseph. That's on the people who had those ridiculous well, then, expectations. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll hedge a little, Manchester. The expectations were to get in the tournament. They weren't to go, they, those guys like to call it the tournament. Wasn't they my expectation, dude? If you ask me what my expectations going into the season, at no point did I ever, even at two and zero, 
At no point did I ever believe. Oh, you did a victory lap with Leggy. I'm going to defend Manchester here. You did your victory lap. Okay, so you're going to get into my, you're going to crawl into my head and, and, and pretend you know what I was thinking. Here's the At thing. At no point did I believe the Broncos were a Super Bowl contender. They, None. I would, you said that on the air. You, I think you both I mean, thought they that, were playoff that, 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 teams. That'd be stupid. And, and okay? here's the thing though. In, in 2016, they were nine and seven and didn't make the playoffs. They got rid of Gary Kubiak, who, look, Kubiak had his issues and I think trying to run his but he system won a Super Bowl. with Peyton Manning, but he's a hell of a lot better head coach than Vance Joseph is. Was going and he into the season. All the right buttons with the Brock Payton situation. And yes. they got rid of Wade Phillips. So I looked at it rational, with a rational standpoint going into the year of that's two big step back, steps backward. And they haven't made any improvements personnel wise that are going to make a difference. It, that's not a playoff team. It's not a tournament team. They weren't a tournament team with Gary Kubiak and Wade Phillips. How are they going to be a tournament team with Vance Joseph and Joe Woods? All right. Sorry, we can, gotta get to the power, we, we gotta get to the power five. Please get to the power five. Vic called for the power five, I get it. When Vic calls for the power five, it's time for the well, power five. Well, you know, five. I lose my train of thought. I have no idea where we are now. I've completely lost myself. The power five, run the open again, Jesse. Run it all over again. Time now for the power five. Get enough of today? So hot right now. Let's dive into the power five. We've got Nuggets and Jazz tickets on the line Friday night over at Pepsi Center. Finna be lit because Pepsi Center is lit right now. The Avalanche are on fire. The Nuggets are going to beat up on the Suns tonight. We want to send you to the Pepsi Center to watch the Nuggets on Friday night against the Jazz. All right, Vic, I had come up with a question, and then you and I had talked before the show, and we had kind of changed our Power 5 question of the day. Why don't you explain to people what our question is? You know, yesterday the theme of Dove Valley, and every time you walk to Dove Valley, you always see these signs. And this, I believe, emanated, and they went, sign and slogan crazy when Josh McDaniels took the job. Remember what McDaniels did when he first took that gig? He changed all of the pictures and signs at Dove Valley to his slogans, whatever he wanted to put in there. Yeah. Do your job became mm-hmm. a big sign. Now you go to Dove Valley and yesterday you're just, I mean, there's sla- sharp, iron sharpens iron. That's everywhere, right? Trust the process or whatever. Trust something. And Joe Ellis, during his press conference, said, you know, we got all these signs up Got all these slogans up. Got all these trophies up. I think we've lost sight of what we are supposed to do to win these trophies. How we win these trophies. I could not agree with him more. So if you had to come up with a Broncos slogan and put it up at Dove Valley, Mm. the one thing you want the players to see every day they walk into that locker room, the one thing you want the coaches to read, what would your Broncos slogan be moving forward? Fellas, anything come to mind? Wow. Well, and I don't know how catchy of a slogan this is, so I'll have to figure out, you know, what to, how to, how to kind of summarize it in a, in a way that would look good up on the wall. But to me, dude, it's the little things. This team doesn't do the little things. Right. right? Little things. It's, it's having the right number of people on the field. Well, maybe your slogan is the little things. Do the little things. Because if you do all the little things right all the time, the big things tend to take care of themselves. If you don't, if all you're worried is about the big things, it all falls apart. It's every single day doing the little things right. And you know what's great about that approach? Is you can do the little things right every single day. You can be on the field when it's your turn to be on the field and off the field when it's not your turn. That's, it's a, it's a super controllable thing and it leads to the big things going well. But that's not just for the players. It's for the coaches and it's for the guy who yesterday was ticked off of the little things. That means you're in the office 
getting ready for the draft the weekend before the draft. 30933 is the Altitude 950 text line. Text us the Broncos slogan, what their new slogan should be. 30933, our favorite one, is going to the Nuggets and Jazz Friday night at Pepsi Center. I, I got one for you. You know, and everybody has these little pithy, uh, you, know, you know, do your stuff, do your thing. I, per, to me, it's pretty easy. I want this slogan everywhere. So not only the coaches see it, the players see it, but the front office sees it. It's an easy slogan that will lead to instant success. Have we identified a freaking quarterback? Put that everywhere. Yeah. Have we identified a freaking quarterback? That's it. That's all you need. I don't care about the other positions. I don't care about this fake rah-rah stuff. I don't care about iron sharpening iron. Have we identified a freaking quarterback? Make that known. I want everybody to read it. I want everybody to live it. Mine would probably be, uh, I would tell the cooks over at Dove Valley, be careful when you hand Demarius Thomas his lunch because he'll probably drop it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, just such such a low blow for something that has about a 1% reason as to why the Broncos have struggled. Not even. Less than a percent. Very little to do with where they are right now. And that's your slogan? I think you two guys should have the same slogan as everybody in Broncos country. John will fix it. Just this blind faith that John will fix it. Where's Sloan's Lake? <laughs> John will fix it. In John we trust. I mean, that is just all we've heard for two years. And, and, and despite what we saw this year, we're still seeing it. Everybody's still excited that John was ticked. Everybody's still excited that his son put on Instagram that his dad is scheming. For what? It, it, there's 31 other GMs that are scheming, too. There are 31 other teams with money to spend. There are 31 other teams who play 16 games every year and are attractive to free agents. But the fact that John Elway is just going to pull it out of thin air, that should just be your, your slogan. Yeah, but I will, John will fix it. I will tell you quickly, I know Jack just a little bit. I do know Jack just a little bit. Here we go. He and you in Breidich, you guys conference calling? Yeah, we're great. I guess, I guess he called him. <laughs> Remember, HW called. He wants VJ to call. Oh, him. I do want VJ to call me. Then, then I do want VJ to call me. Jack and John are friends. Uh, it's very clear that they're friends. So he doesn't post that on Instagram unless his dad is scheming. Fine. All right, some of the uh, some of the slogans coming but in. What? On the text but he's line. still John Elway, Manchester. He's still John Elway. Some of the slogans coming in three zero nine three three. If you'd like to partake. Uh, oh no, Vic! He's shaking his head at me right now. The headphones are gonna get chucked. I can tell. 7254 says the only slogan you need, 5 and 11. Uh, Joel Bingo. says no chance with Vance. Yeah, that'll really, <laughs> that'll win some games. That's uh, well done. That is uh, well done. Don't suck, according to 4629. Yeah, uh, Jeremy with my favorite slogan thus far. Does anybody know Prince? You got the Vic Lombardi show. More on this coming up. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Here's what you missed on the latest Mark Mosier Show. And then I get in these discussions on Twitter with people. Well, quarterback isn't everything, Mosh. No, it's not everything. But it's so much of a thing that that is your A number one priority in the offseason, is finding yourself a quarterback to win with. End of story. Mark Mosier, every weekday afternoon, 1 to 3, only on Altitude 950.
Guys, I want to take a moment this morning to tell you about my friends at American Financing. Give them a call at 303-695-7000 or check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. You know, I work with uh, HW. He's a millennial. So the news that came from my friends at American Financing really caught my attention. Millennials aren't just buying homes at record rates nowadays. According to new data from Ellie Mae, they're also refinancing their existing ones. It makes sense. With average interest rates falling to their lowest point in 2017, millennials are taking advantage of refinancing opportunities to lower their monthly interest payments. It's something we can all be doing right now as interest rates are extremely low. At least they will be for the next month. That's when the Fed meets again, and that could easily mean a rate increase. So don't wait much longer. Make the call to the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing today. They're at 303-695-7000. You can also check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. Don't forget, American Financing, the official mortgage company of Altitude 950. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Over $135 million. That's how much money the C3 Group recovered for its clients just in 2017. The C3 Group is a group of licensed public insurance adjusters, engineers, appraisers, meteorologists, and other experts here to help you with your insurance claims. Consider them a go-between between you and your insurance. Let the C3 Group help you today. Visit the website at c3adjusters.com. c3adjusters.com. January is Radon Action Month. Ace Radon reminds you to take action. Have your home tested by the Radon experts. Ace Radon. Hi, I'm Jeff Gord, the owner of Ace Radon. The new year is a great time for resolutions and starting fresh by making healthy changes in our lives. Unlike starting a diet or trying to quit a poor habit, when you hire Ace Radon, testing and fixing a radon problem is one of the easiest, most affordable, and healthy New Year's resolutions there is. Trust over 30 years of experience. Race to Ace to find out if you're being exposed to radon. Testing is easy and the fix is affordable with Ace Radon. Mention this ad for a $50 radon inspection. If your radon is high, Ace is off Offering discounts and payment options on new radon systems. January is Radon Action Month. Take action. Have your home tested for dangerous radon levels. Race to aceradon.com. This may not be easy for you to hear, but you might need a hearing device. Do you have trouble hearing in crowds? Has someone told you you have the game on too loud? It could be you're having some hearing loss, and a modern, barely visible hearing device might be the solution. We're not talking a clunky old thing like grandpa's. Visit echohearingcenter.com. Schedule a free hearing test. Then Echo Hearing Center can help you determine if a hearing device is right for you. Listen, if you think you might be having a hearing problem, why not check it out? Visit echohearingcenter.com. The Altitude 950 Traffic Update. A nice drive at this point. An area of stop-and-go traffic eastbound I-270 between I-25 and York, but no major delays on the metro area highways that I'm hearing about because of accidents. This report is brought to you by Unbound.org. Off-freeway, word of a crash northbound Santa Fe at Union with backups to Bellevue. A girl in Kenya dreams of becoming a doctor. An elder in Guatemala dreams of being part of a community. Reach out and change their world, and it will change your own. Unbound.org. I'm Chris McLaughlin with traffic on Altitude. Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. You know, I, I keep ask, get, getting asked that. I'm not sure what the title is going to be, but I, I don't even know what his title is now. So I, I, <laughs> I know what he's going to be doing, so I haven't worried about the title. 
John Elway, when asked what Gary Kubiak's role will be moving forward, Elway acknowledged that uh, Kubiak will have a bigger role in the front office. Not sure what it's going to be called, but uh, clearly his um, uh, his abilities to read and uh, understand and evaluate talent will be greatly used in that Broncos front office. They need uh, a guy who can go out and get a quarterback. Mm, Man- a Manchester's got something on the tip of his tongue, and he just hit his head on the microphone. What's Nick? that? Uh, well, a couple of things. It's the same guy who thought Trevor Simeon was an NFL caliber quarterback. It's also the same guy who won a Super Bowl. Fine. Did he did he bring in the quarterback that won the Super Bowl? Is he that the guy a he drafted? Is that the guy he evaluated? He who won a he, Super Bowl. Who did he evaluate and bring in in Houston? He Matt, won two Super Bowls in the nineties. Matt Schaub. With that offense. Matt Schaub. Is that what he? Is that what he did? I, I mean, it's just the, this thing that he's going to be able to evaluate the quarterbacks is is. Silly. So, Again, so based who's on quarterback what? Evaluate? I'm going to make the same comment I did when everybody was raving about Vance Joseph and his dream team staff a year ago right now. Is, okay, great, they're going to bring in Gary Kubiak and he's going to help him evaluate his quarterback. The quarterback. Who's the guy that Gary Kubiak found? Who's the guy? Give me the so, example. Okay, so would you rather have Ben McAdoo evaluate your quarterbacks or, or Gary Kubiak? I'm just curious. I haven't honestly gone back and looked at the staffs that, that Ben McAdoo was on and who they drafted. But you know what? I will do that and see, and then I can answer Tell the question. Tell me who's undefeated in evaluating quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, Ron Wolf. How about Ron Wolf? He's the guy who said, hey, you know what? I'll go, I'll go get Brett Favre out of Atlanta. Guys. You understand, it's not a, no, see, that's it's the, not a 100% art in evaluating talent. You know you're going to have misses, right? I get it. You know see, it's not going to work. You know he won three quarter, he won three Super Bowls with I, the Broncos. I get it, but you're making the same mistake you did when I was, when I was critical of the Vance Joseph hire. You, you, you just said, oh, you're always knocking these guys. No, I'm not. I'm just actually asking the question of, why is this just universally accepted? It's going so to be a, then it's, it's going to be great. Right, you don't think it's a good thing. Let's just establish this. You don't think it's a good thing that Kubiak will share more of a role in the front office. You think it's a bad thing. It's not what I said. That's not what I said. Okay, tell me I think you, it's a good thing. Mean, and the reason why I think it's a good thing is because I think John Elway's been surrounded by a bunch of yes men. Yes men. And as no men. Exactly. And as we and, and so I have so an what's example. The problem, then? If you I, agree with me, what's hang the on, problem? Hang on. I have an example. As to why I think that. Because week 17 against Oakland in 2016, John Elway wanted to see Paxton Lynch, and head coach Gary Kubiak said, uh-uh, I'm playing Trevor Simeon. Yes. He, he will stand up to John Elway. And the problem at Dove Valley for the last year has been groupthink. That's been the problem. Okay, so, so where I like do the hire. go astray here with my assertion that Gary Kubiak playing a bigger role in the front office is a good thing. That wasn't your assertion, because I agree with that. Your assertion was that he's going to help him find their quarterback, and yes. I said, based on what? Based on what? Okay, so what's he going to do if he's not going to help evaluate quarterbacks? What's he going to do? I don't have any idea. Because, sunflower I don't have any idea, because as John Elway just said, and it's why I was banging my head against the microphone, it's this, this nebulous can't define what his role is. Why? Why is so it is so hard? So is there a guy out there in your world, James, who is a professional quarterback evaluator who's the <laughs> second coming and that they can hire? In your world, there's somebody out there that is the best at evaluating quarterbacks. Where is he? Who is he? Uh, I don't know who 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 draft who helped him make the decision to draft Carson Wentz in I mean, Philly. Come on, man. All right, hold on. Do you guys want to keep this train on track and follow this fancy dancy rundown I do, or do you do just want to scream at each other? Because we're not we, screaming at each other, but I just want people to to accurately summarize what I said. I didn't okay. say Gary Kubiak was a bad hire. I think it's a good hire, 
And I have a reason why I think it's a good hire and an example as to why that reason holds water. The fact that he's just going to come in and be, oh, he knows everything about quarterbacks. I'm sorry, I'm asking the question based on what? It's the same question I asked when Vance Joseph is going to be a great head coach because he's a leader of men. And I say, based on what is he a leader of men? Mm. You ask these questions. Welcome to 2018, New Year, same Manchester. You ask these questions without legitimate alternatives. Okay. Let's say Kubiak knows nothing what he's... Let's say Kubiak has no idea what a good quarterback is. All right, great. He joins the staff. You just told me it's a good thing he's part of the front office, okay? Mm-hmm. If that's the case, who's going to evaluate quarterbacks? Who's going to determine who the next quarterback is going to... Who's going to make the biggest decision of this franchise, biggest decision since they acquired Peyton Manning? Who? I don't know. We don't, because we couldn't get an answer to that question yesterday. John Elway was asked that question, and he couldn't answer it. How the hell am I going to answer it? Well, we do have some interesting sound that I want to get to here, that Vic asked the question at the presser yesterday. Uh, I thought it was the highlight of the presser, one of a couple different highlights. Vic, are you cool with hearing this sound real quick here? What, what, I'm not even sure what it is. What's your question? Do you, did, did you black out? Do you remember oh, okay. your question from 21 hours ago? <laughs> it's pretty simple because I think the future of the Broncos rests on the next quarterback. So I had to ask John Elway, what does he look for? He played the position. Kubiak played the position. What exactly is it he's looking for in a quarterback? John, everybody sees you on television scouting quarterbacks. You were scouting a few here in the last week. What do you look for particularly? What, what do you see when you're looking for a quarterback that can play at this level? Well, I mean, I think half is what you see on film, and the other half is figuring out what kind of guy it is. And in college, you're allowed to be a kid. You know, you come to the NFL, and the expectation levels rise. What gets you here is your swagger and your confidence as a quarterback. If you got a chance to play in the NFL, and that's what gets you here, and you can't be afraid of it. You know, to me, I say it all the time. It's 50% the, the, the physical side of it, but, you know, the 50% metal side and the heart and finding out what they got, what they have inside, that's the difficult part. All right, Vic, that to me is chucking Paxton Lynch under the bus. I've reported it. I've talked to two really smart people who cover that team that say they're going to seek a fifth or a sixth for Paxton Lynch. How did you read John's answer? How about no more six foot eight dudes with big arms? Okay, let, let, let's go. I'd rather have a big heart than a big arm. All right, the, the worst, I, I hate when people talk about arm talent and physical traits. We know now what wins in the NFL. Awareness, ability to break down a defense, instincts, smarts. Yeah, you gotta have the arm. You gotta have the physical skills just to play. But those other things, they matter more than anything. And that's not to say that a Baker Mayfield, because he has a lot of those traits, is automatically a great NFL quarterback. I never said that. And, and, and don't assume that I'm saying that. I'm just saying that means more now to John Elway. You could sense it. Well, but look, Brock Osweiler, for all his faults, he has all those things John Elway was just talking about. He's a pro. He gets it. He knows what he's doing. He, he, he is awesome at the podium. He's not, a, he doesn't act like a kid and he can't play either. Right? So I, I, I listen to that sound bite and I'm not sure John Elway has figured it out it, it, because it's, you have to have the talent, and Vic, you, I, I get what you're saying, but look, if you don't have the arm, if Carson Wentz falling down, throwing the ball 40 yards downfield on a dime, that's part of the reason why he's a very good young quarterback, because he has the talent. You have to have the talent. If you only have the smarts, you're Trevor Simeon. I, that's you, what I said. I totally agree with you. you. It takes more than the heart. takes more than... First, you have to have the arm. First. That has to be there. Okay? 
Then you have to have the other elements. Correct. I think the, the mistake the Broncos have made, Elway has made, he's fallen in love with these big dudes with big arms, and the other elements haven't come into play. That's that's the fundamental problem they've had. But it's tricky because, the, to me, the, the key to it is, can, can a guy make plays, right? Off schedule, can he make plays? If you watched Russell Wilson at Wisconsin, he was constantly making plays. Constantly. It was the game saving touchdown at the buzzer against, uh, against Michigan State or whatever it was. If you watch Carson, Carson Wentz, he was constantly in yeah, big games. Johnny Manziel made plays. I get it. And you know who else did? Paxton Lynch. Cause look at Memphis. The best years they had were when Paxton Lynch was their quarterback. He lifted that team to Which heights is that why they hadn't been. El- Elway said yesterday, if you can do it at the college level, can you handle the bigness of the NFL level? And that's a different level. That's studying every day. That is a different work ethic at the NFL. College is still college, man. Which got me to thinking. Yesterday, Elway mentioned how hard it was to evaluate linemen in college and quarterbacks in college. It's just hard because they run these college systems, which don't equate in the NFL. The NFL is a different piece. And I had to ask the question again, why the, why doesn't the NFL Start its own developmental league. Mm. If they have trouble assessing and evaluating college talent, they complain that the college game is so different. Well, by God, spend some of your money and start your own developmental well, league. Well, Vic, I'll tell you why they don't, because uh, college football is their development it's system. Free labor. And it's cheap. It's free, it's free. exactly. It's and free Manchester labor. doesn't think these guys deserve to get paid. Well, but... then don't complain. If you're an NFL executive and you're complaining that the college game ruins NFL prospects because they play a different game, don't complain. No, you, you know, get free labor. You know what you ought to do? And I'm, I'm not taking the bait on a topic that we could spend an hour on on, on paid, paying college athletes. <laughs> you're, you're a smart man because you know what I tried to do there. Here's the thing. Stop trying to run an offense from 1988 and maybe do what the Philadelphia Eagles do. What did Chris Harris Jr. say about that offense after the Broncos played in Philly? College offense. There you go. If, they're, if that's what college is producing, how about running an offense that those guys can actually play instead of something that worked in 1997. Real quick, five two three zero says Wyoming fan here. You guys are describing Josh Allen to a T with this big arm quarterback, right? So, are we describing Josh Allen? And Vic, I wanted to get to it yesterday. We got too yeah. busy. We got to get to Baker Mayfield next sure. because I think there's a chance that the Broncos take Baker Mayfield at number five. But I want to hear your guys's thoughts on that. Yeah, and I, and I want to get your thoughts too on, on whether this is a complete rebuild when you take a rookie quarterback, you thrust him into the starting lineup and say, here you go, boy, go get him. If that's the case, the, the Broncos are looking at a two to three year rebuild. Or do they go get Kirk Cousins and then draft a rookie later on? Because those are two entirely different expectations. You can't tell me you, you're looking at the same expectations. Okay? If you go Kirk Cousins, you want to win now. If you go rookie, you want to win two or three years from now. Why that can't they go fact. both, Vic? Why can't they go Kirk and Baker? Hey, That's my may. plan. I they got may. the answer. We can talk about it after Great. the break. Kirk do and Baker. Let's do both. I'll tell you why. Plus, our Power 5 question of the day, the uh, the texts are hilarious. I'll have to read a few more of those when we come back. You got the Vic Lombardi Show.
952-950. Denver's all-sports station is playing the hits. And now Eric Johnson's fighting right by EJ, right by EJ, right by EJ, right by EJ. He's going to town on some dude in front of the Avalanche bench. You want some of this? Eric Johnson beat the snot out of Zach Ronaldo. It's the Avs and Blue Jackets tomorrow night at 7. Pre-game starts at 6.30 on the home of the Colorado Avalanche. Altitude 950. We've got bodies all over the place. You better keep your head up. Kevin Flesh here from Flesh Law. You've been in a car accident? You're told by friends to get an attorney. However, the insurance company is willing to settle now. You wonder, will I end up losing money by getting an attorney? Insurance companies want this situation. No attorney, and more importantly, a quick settlement in their best interest. That's where Flesh Law can help. We take away all your doubt and get you the money you deserve. Call me, Kevin Flesh, today at 303-806-8886, 303-806-8886, or fleshlawfirm.com. Do you have a hankering for some real, authentic, quality Colorado Mexican food? Make your way down to Real de Minas. Experience the ambiance and taste of Mexico with their meals prepared from the freshest of ingredients. And when you're in the mood to unwind, the happy hours at Real de Minas will help. Live music, karaoke, and delicious, authentic Mexican food, it's Real de Minas with four convenient locations. Find the location closest to you and drool over their online menu at RealDeMinasRestaurant.com. John Elway here. Nothing's better than being at home. The people of Colorado agree, and they trust American Financing for their home loans. They have helped tens of thousands of Coloradans. Now is the time to refinance. You can consolidate debt, pay off high interest rate credit cards, and save money each month. It only takes 10 minutes to pre-qualify, and you may close in as fast as 10 days. What makes me a fan? They have only salary-based mortgage consultants and don't believe in pressure. Pressure is fine on the field, but not for your home loan. American Financing has no upfront fees and will customize a loan program to fix your financial goals. The Better Business Bureau has given them an A rating. If you're even thinking about refinancing or purchasing a home, call American Financing today at 303-695-7000. This is John Elway. See what they can do for you before the rates go up. American Financing, Colorado's home for home loans. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. I can tell you the National Western Stock Show is 112 years old. It started in 1906. But you know what I can't explain? The look of wonderment in your child's eyes as you walk them through the stock show or take them to the rodeo. I can't explain the memories made from the laughter that comes from a group of friends dressed in their best denim and leather. I can tell you that it's a very unique event where special memories are always made. Come make some memories with your family and friends. January 6th to the 21st. Get your tickets at NationalWestern.com or all King Supers locations. Mark your calendar, the International Sportsman's Expo coming January 11th to the Colorado Convention Center. Get $3 off coupons at O'Reilly Auto Parts and wherever fishing and hunting licenses are sold. Go to sportsexpos.com for store locations and show information. Show opens at noon on weekdays, 10 o'clock on the weekend. Your life outdoors starts at the ISE. The Sportsman's Expo coming January 11th through 14th to the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. The Altitude 950 traffic update. A decent drive. If you are just heading out onto the metro area highways, you're going to be looking at a little bit better speeds than you would normally see. This report brought to you by Unbound.org. Still kind of in holiday mode, so that's good news. Utility work blocking the left lanes of both directions of Washington, though, at 77th. Just like kids here, children across the world have big dreams for their future. Give one child the opportunity for a better tomorrow at Unbound.org. I'm Chris McLaughlin with traffic on Altitude 950. 
The Altitude 950 hotline is now open. Call 303-753-0950 to join the show. Now in motion goes Bidette. Fake handoff. Baker wants to throw. Looks in zone. Under pressure. Flush to his left. Throws in zone. It's caught! Dimitri Flowers! Touchdown! Flowers in the Rose Bowl! Listening to John Elway discuss what he wants to see in a quarterback, it sounded almost like a Baker Mayfield promotional video yesterday. A lot of the attributes that John Elway brought up, this kid has, in addition to the skills. So, i got to ask, if Baker Mayfield is available there at number 5, do the Broncos pull the trigger? Mm. Tell us. Oh, I would do it in a heartbeat. I, I want to hear Manchester's thoughts because... uh He's been right about everything, so we, you know, if you, no, but in all seriousness, no, James, we've talked about this. Who, Jason, right? Jason and his wife, who yeah. we went to, went to the Nuggets game with. Yes. Jason told you that he hated you. He dropped an F word in there, but yes. And now he told you he listens to you. So I think Vic and I need to take a little lesson there. We're going to listen to you. I would take <laughs> Baker at five, but Manchester, what do you think the Broncos should do at five? I would be fine if they took Baker Mayfield. I think they need to take a quarterback. And, you know, they need to figure out which is the right guy. Um, you know, I don't know that Josh Allen is the right guy. I don't know that Baker Mayfield is the right guy. I would lean toward Baker Mayfield because he's played in big games. But you know who else had? Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel had played in big games mm, and come up big. You're going there. He you're had, pulling the Baker Johnny the card right now. stuff that worries you. I think, but what does he really have off field? He got in like a fight or something? Yeah, he's got like the DUI arrest or whatever in, in Fayetteville, right? Isn't that yeah, where it was? Well, Chad Kelly's got some off field stuff and he's still on yeah, this roster. He's contributed a lot. I, they, they have to get it right. But here's the thing. You, and Vic, you talked about it before the break of, uh, there's a difference of, yeah, you know a sweat. <laughs> if you go get Kirk Cousins, you're playing for now. If you go get, uh, if you draft someone, you're playing for two or three years down the road. I disagree with that. Because I think the right rookie quarterback here next year can be Ben Roethlisberger in 2004, where he started 13 games for the for, for the Steelers. They went 15 and one, and he did just enough. What do you and, think the chances are? Let's let's just be bluntly honest here. The chances of that happening are about what five? I'm not I'm not saying they're going to go. They're not going to go 15 and one. But this is a this isn't a typical five and eleven team. It's not. They have a great defense. There's if you no, put Alex Smith on this team, they're 11 and 5. I agree. There's no reason this team can't be the Minnesota Vikings. What are the Minnesota Vikings? A great defense and a quarterback who makes enough plays and doesn't screw anything up. That's what they need. And a guy that can get better as time goes on. I firmly believe Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, whoever they draft at number five can be that guy. He so needs, you would save your money. You would not give yes. twenty million plus to Kirk Cousins. You would save your money. See now, I, I don't disagree with you, James, but I'm much more patient than Bronco fans are. The ones that listen to this show. You are a Broncos YouTube. fan. You tell everyone that, dude. But it, I just said I am. I but I'm much more patient than other Bronco fans. Do you what, want an no, award for that? Like, I, I, like what, what, do you, what do you want here? Are you, are you looking for a cookie, Vic? I don't think there's going to be that much patience that's needed. I, I don't because. Look, Bronco fans realize they're five and eleven. So to me, it's all about progress. If they go, if they if they draft a, a a quarterback at number five, he starts and he's better in week seventeen than he was in week one, and this team goes nine and seven, ten and six. 
Bronco country's doing cartwheels down Spear. Well, I got a news. That's what I'm trying to say. I've got a news flash for you, and it's the same news flash I had after they won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 40 or 50, whatever the hell it was. The Broncos, I said, would not win the Super Bowl the following year. And I said it this year. The Broncos will not win the Super Bowl. This next year, guess what, guys? I don't care who the quarterback is. The Denver Broncos will not win the Super Bowl next year. Mm, what an outrageous take from well, Vic Lombardi but, but that they the they have a 1-32 is... chance of winning it, and, and you're going to say, oh, yeah, I don't think so. Well, I, Vic, I think you've played roulette before, Vic. You understand these odds. Vic, but it, then if you don't think they're going to win it with any quarterback, then why go spend $25 million on Kirk Cousins? Exactly. I mean, that, that, that's the point I'm telling. If it were my team and I were running the team, I would bite the bullet and rebuild. I'd go full rebuild. Well, I would. I'd rebuild right now. And guess what? You can't say that to the fan base. You cannot do it. But, dude. Because you, the fan base won't. Guys like Will will lose sleep. Well, what's guys the, like Will will start cutting oh, their wrists. But you got to define what rebuild is. Because here's, here's my take on it. I draft a quarterback at number five, or if I have to move up to four or three when, when things kind of fall out, if I have to do that to get the guy I want, I do that, and I draft a quarterback. That's my rebuild. I, I, I'm not uh, – because then you're bringing back – you're keeping Aqib Tlaib. You're re-signing Bradley Roby. You're keeping that defense intact. I don't know that there's this huge rebuild where you got to get rid of some of the marquee guys and you got to go out and sign a bunch of high-priced free agents to do this, that, and the other to – to me, Kirk Cousins is actually more of a rebuild. Because if you have to tear apart that defense to sign Kirk Cousins, then you don't know what the hell you have. Well, or, you know, Elway hinted as much yesterday, though. He said, I am not going to ruin our strengths. He said that several times, which led me to believe that maybe he's not going to touch the defense at all. I left the show yesterday, and you missed a, a, an outstanding Aqib Tlaib interview. He was great. I well, Manchester the, heard it. We had, to, we had to ditch Manchester on the phone to right. get to Aqib. You remember that? And after that interview, I said, uh, man, there's a 10% chance Tlaib returns because it just doesn't sound right, doesn't feel right. But after hearing Elway talk about he's not going to mess with the strengths of this team, you you may be right there. If they go the Kirk Cousins route, and listen, after listening to Jay Gruden, his current coach in Washington, in his postseason press conference, basically say, well, he was all right, I guess. He was lukewarm about Kirk Cousins, very lukewarm, almost as if to say, someone else want him, go get him. I, I am led to believe that the Broncos are better off drafting the QB you want in the future and dealing with it next year. And you're not going to have a Super Bowl season. So anybody who thinks that you can put a rookie quarterback on a team like this and say you're a Super Bowl team, that's not true. No. You, not, you're not. Dak you're not. and Zeke went 13-3 and with a very unique set of circumstances. I get that unique set of circumstances was their O-line. But if you get the kid from Penn State, Barkley, and you get Baker Mayfield, and you keep this defense, and you keep a keep to leave. You're not you, winning the Super Bowl. No, but look. You can look, go 13-3, and three, look, though. You you're can. not winning the Super Bowl. You guys, uh, so 13 and Three teams don't win the did Super you, Bowl. Did you just? Did you want me to speak slowly? You're not <laughs> look, 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 winning look, 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 look. the Super Bowl. You guys, are, how many ways do you want me to say it in Italian? You guys, do you, you want another language? You're what both, do you want? You're both partially they right. They can win Super Vic, Bowl Fifty Three if they do the right thing. Vic, you're right. They're not winning the Super Bowl. The Steelers didn't win it in 2004 when Big, Big Ben was a rookie. The, the Cowboys didn't win it last year with Dak led them to 13 and three because they get in the playoffs and all of a sudden they have a rookie quarterback and it, it shows up when you're playing the Patriots in in the AFC title game and Big Ben couldn't get over that that hurdle. But a rookie quarterback doesn't mean you can't be a contender. It doesn't mean you can't compete in the AFC West. It doesn't mean you can't win double-digit games because the Broncos have some aspect of their team that is special. 
the Cowboys had a special offensive line and running game, and it covered for a rookie quarterback. The Broncos have a special a defense. They do. Let me do. take your theory. Let me take your theory. Special quarter, rookie quarter. The Kansas City Chiefs had a special rookie on their roster all season. Why'd they opt to go with the veteran all season? Because the veteran right now is a better option. Okay, okay, you're making you're making my point. So you just told me that the rookie quarterback will win you games, will put you in the conversation. They had a rookie quarterback, and we saw how talented he really is. We saw his skill set. Dude, there's nobody like Alex Smith on this roster. There's not. But the point I'm making is if you had the choice between a veteran, capable quarterback or a rookie who's never been there, done that, the Chiefs just showed us. No, 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 hang on. But hang on. But here's the difference, right? The the rookie quarterback, I keep Aqib Tlaib and Bradley Roby and Emmanuel Sanders. I keep those guys. The veteran quarterback, to sign him, I have to get rid of two or three of those guys, and I think it makes the rest of the team worse. So I would rather keep my, and despite what HW thinks, really talented duo of wide receivers, because that's going to help whatever mm, quarterback. talented, the other one is old and lost and beat up. That's going to help whatever quarterback is here. I would rather keep this defense intact, the ball because lot. that's going to help whatever quarterback is here. So if you're giving me the choice, keep the exact same roster they have, plus a rookie quarterback, or blow up a big portion of it, and bring in Kirk Cousins, I'll take A. Give me All right, the real, real quick, Vic, we, we started this talking about Baker Mayfield, and I wanted to talk about it yesterday. Uh, Vic, do you want to hear from Baker Mayfield after the Rose Bowl? Yeah, what does he say? All right, here we go. Um, can't believe it's over. It's uh, been a wild ride. <clears throat> Being with the best coach in the country, uh, there's a reason I'm sitting here today, and there's a reason that we've won three Big 12 titles in a row, uh, and that, that I feel myself in a good position going forward in the future. And there's a reason our team is in the playoffs this year. Uh, it's all right, Jesse. I think we've heard enough. I think we've heard enough. Vic, the guy was clearly emotional. The guy was clearly upset. You saw him fire up the OU fan base before yeah. overtime. He's everything Trevor Simeon is not. And I want Baker Mayfield as the next freaking quarterback of the Denver Broncos. But I also want Kirk Cousins. I think they should get both. And I think they should let Cousins do a year or two while Mayfield develops. What do you think of that theory? One thing I hate, I hate it when people compare Baker Mayfield to Johnny Manziel. I mean, that is insulting to Baker Mayfield. Manchester did that. It's insulting. Baker Mayfield no, was I didn't. a walk-on. No, he I was didn't. a walk-on. He had to, he had to earn everything he got. He left one school to another. Nobody ever gave him a damn thing. And yeah, he acts like a moron on the sidelines. I can handle that. That doesn't bother me. I can the too. Fact that All right, Manchester got mad at me. Caller, workaholic, and he works his ass off. He is not Johnny Manziel 2.0. So whoever came up with that narrative, you guys are wrong. Uh, right, fine, but right, don't so lump me into that because that's I not what did. I said. I, I was did. I was saying here's what you need out of a quarterback. You got to have the arm, you got to have the smarts, you got to have the work ethic, and you got to have a guy who can make plays. And then I said, but that's not a be all end all either because you know who made plays? Johnny Mantell. He was an example of a guy that just because you're a playmaker at the college level doesn't mean you will be at the NFL level. I never compared Baker okay, Mayfield and Johnny Mantell. I'm glad you defended yourself. That's fair. But Manchester, I'm not saying you did it, and Vic, I'm not saying you did it, and I didn't do it. But that is a narrative that exists, right? I'm not saying any of the three of us did it. But there is a narrative that exists that Baker Mayfield is Johnny Manziel. Uh, some of the slogans that we asked for, uh, keep bringing them in. 30933, we will reward the winner here with the uh, Nuggets Jazz tickets. Uh, 2904, Power 5 slogan of the day. 
wins. Who cares? Have a great week of practice. <laughs> That's good. Uh, there's a lot of other ones that, uh, I, for some reason, I can't refresh my stupid text line, so I can't read them at this point. We've gotten so many texts this morning. When we come back, it is our sugar fix with Marty. Plus, guys, I haven't got a chance to go on this to, to, to give you my thoughts. How is Steve Atwater not a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, especially in a class that features two former Bronco safeties? If there's a list of Bronco safeties who should be Hall of Fame bound, Steve Atwater should be at the lead of that list. He should top it. I'll tell you why next. Here's what's happening at Altitude 950. This week's staycation is the International Sportsman's Expo. Try the gear, buy the trips, meet the pros at the Colorado Convention Center. January 11th through the 14th. Get more info now at Altitude950.com. AutoZone presents Bumps in the Road. Worn shocks and struts can turn simple bumps into a dangerous problem. And if your car nosedives when you stop, you might need new shocks or struts. And right now, when you buy one Gabriel Ultra Strut, you get the second for half price. So visit your local AutoZone. With over 5,000 locations, the right supplies and good advice are just around the corner. Let's get you what you need. Discounted product must be of equal or lesser value, sales tax not included. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Over $135 million. That's how much money the C3 Group recovered for its clients just in 2017. The C3 Group is a group of licensed public insurance adjusters, engineers, appraisers, meteorologists, and other experts here to help you with your insurance claims. Consider them a go-between between you and your insurance. Let the C3 Group help you today. Visit the website at c3adjusters.com. C3Adjusters.com. What's at Lamar's Donuts that you won't find at any ordinary donut shop? How about gourmet indulgences of the highest quality? Lamar's Donuts are always made by hand daily and with only the best ingredients. That was Ray's way. Come enjoy our delicious donuts at one of our nine conveniently located Colorado Lamar's. And also visit us online at Lamar's.com. That's Lamar's.com, where we have... Simply a better donut. Kevin Flesh here from Flesh Law. You've been in a car accident? You're told by friends to get an attorney. However, the insurance company is willing to settle now. You wonder, will I end up losing money by getting an attorney? Insurance companies want this situation. No attorney and, more importantly, a quick settlement in their best interest. That's where Flesh Law can help. We take away all your doubt and get you the money you deserve. Call me, Kevin Flesh, today at 303-806-8886, 303-806-8886, or fleshlawfirm.com. The Altitude 950 Traffic Update. Lighter than normal traffic and good drive times as you're working away around the metro area this morning. Traffic is brought to you by the Rock and Roll Marathon Series. There is utility work blocking the left lanes of both directions of Washington at 77th Avenue. That may be a spot you want to avoid. Rock and Roll Marathon Series is gearing up for the best year yet in 2018. This best-in-class running experience is one you won't want to miss. Register now. RunRockAndRoll.com. I'm Chris McLaughlin with traffic on Altitude 950. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. On the text line, Power 5 question of the day, the Broncos' best slogan to replace some of the slogans that are in the facility, 9645, just be tall. That's worked wonders. <laughs> 1757. Yeah, that's well. 
Practice great and call HW. That's a riff from HW's uh, hot take today where he ended yeah. it by asking the head coach of the Broncos to pay him a phone call. By the way, Vic, we are transparent on this show, so I'm going to be transparent, okay? Do you want to hear transparency? You please. I missed a call from Broncos PR, uh, and I'm going to call them back during Adam Mars' interview. So, so, so do you think it's Vance Joseph calling you? My my sincere hope is that he wants to talk because if I spend ten minutes with the guy and I like him and he's cool, I'm gonna get off his damn back. So my 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 sincere hope is that call is, hey Vance does have ten minutes today for you, and I'm gonna take them up on that offer. And you know what? I'll be transparent, Vic. I'm gonna be Vance Joseph's biggest cheerleader, and I hope they win the Super Bowl. Hey Vic, what, what I think is ironic about this whole needing to find a new slogan? Yeah, they don't need a new one. They just need to follow the one they already have. And Which it was, it was my New Year's, it was my New Year's resolution. So let's take a step back to what? The 28th of, Jan- of December, last time I was here. My New Year's resolution for the Rockies, push all your chips into the middle of the table. Okay. Well, they did that, right? My New Year's resolution for the Broncos was look in the mirror and have a reality check. Their, one of their themes is truth. They need to start actually speaking the truth, right? Leader of men, CEO type wasn't the truth. Trevor Simeon can lead us to the playoffs isn't the truth. Mm-hmm. They need to start following their own current slogans, and they'll be fine. Here are some other slogans coming in. Again, uh, some of these are serious. Others are pretty damn funny. Uh, 2876. If Tebow can win a playoff game, so can you. Uh, this one's for Vaughn. You are your only opponent. Built, not bought. That one from Rick in Arvada. Uh, you lost to the Giants from Shane. <laughs> uh, oh, no is, chance uh, with Vance from Joel. Did I read that one already? Yeah, but it's yeah, yeah, Don't put that slogan up there. Yeah. yeah. New Leaf, though. New Leaf, January 3rd. Sorry. I gotta, okay, I gotta great. stick to my guns. Uh, before we get to, uh, Marty O and his, uh, sugar fix, fellas, uh, yesterday, the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's not the NFL, by the way, it's Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, unveiled their list of finalists for this year's Hall, and on that list, two former Broncos safeties, none of which are named Steve Atwater. And again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick and choose who my favorites are. I can just tell you who's deserving. Brian Dawkins is a former Broncos safety. He's on the list. John Lynch is a former Broncos safety. He's on the list. Steve Atwater, former Broncos safety, did not make the cut. Of those three, who do you think is most deserving of entrance to the Hall of Fame? Steve Atwater. Steve Atwater. It's, not, it's even not even close. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you why. Because when I say it's not even close, I, I shouldn't say that. That's a, that's a lie. It is close. I mean, the resumes are, are very similar. Very, very similar. All three of those guys in terms of all pro teams, pro bowl selections, all that business. The biggest difference between Atwater and those other two Super Bowl rings, number one. When Steve Atwater ended his career as a Denver Bronco, how many Broncos were in the Hall of Fame? How many were in the Hall of Fame? Take yourself back. Uh, zero. Zero. John Elway entered. And then it was a fury of others, right? So how is that possible that the guy who led the charge on the big, hard-hitting safety, he was, Steve Atwater was John Lynch before John Lynch. He was Brian Dawkins before Brian Dawkins. Different player than Dawkins, but hard-charging, hard-hitting safety. How is it that he's now third in line between those two for entrance to Hall of Fame? It's pretty easy for me to see why. Because the other two are out there. You know, that people know who they are. They're most recent. We live in this age of recency. 
We forget our past. We forget how good Steve Atwater really was. It's well, a darn shame. Here's an interesting way to look at it, Vic, is the the NFL does their all-decade team for every decade, right? So in the 1990s, the first team all-decade team, quarterback was John Owe. Of the 11 offensive guys, only Tony Baselli isn't in the Hall of Fame. And as of the 11 defensive guys, Steve Atwater is one of the safeties. Only two Defensive guys are not in the Hall of Fame. So of the 22 first-teamers, three are not. Steve Atwater is among those. Tony Baselli, Steve Atwater, Leroy Butler. Two, I mean, the fact that he's not is just its laughable to here me. Here is the list of finalists. And, again, I'm not going to argue every single guy here. I, whatever. I don't know enough about every single guy. You mentioned Baselli's on that list, Isaac Bruce, Leroy Butler, uh, Alan Fanica, Steve Hutchinson, Joe Jacoby, Edwin James, Ty Law. Ray Lewis, Kevin Mawai, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Everson Walls, and of course the two former Broncos, John Lynch and Brian Dawkins. I love me some Lynch. You guys know that, mm-hmm. right? I'm friends with Lynch. I love me some Brian Dawkins. But I'm here to tell you right now, I'm not even going to touch the rest of that list. You can have the rest of those players and, and argue what you may. But if I were running the show, I'd put Atwater ahead of those two other former Bronco safeties. You have to. Oh, I would you too. To. Yeah, no, I, you're spot on on this, Vic. You're spot on. Yeah. I just I'm don't understand you. what their thought process is. And it has to be the whole recency thing, right? It has to be that both Dawkins and Lynch just played and they're still in the news, right? That has to be it. Well, and you know, Brian Dawkins played in Philly, right? That's a, that's a big market. John Lynch did not play in big markets. He played in at Tampa and he played here, but then he's been very high profile since his career ended, uh, both as a broadcaster and now as the GM of the, uh, of the Niners. I mean, Steve Atwater was, they called him the silent assassin for a reason, right? Like, he was a quiet guy when he played. He wasn't, you know, a, a guy that was constantly being interviewed and constantly on TV, and he was in a different day and age where that didn't happen. And, you know, I know he's doing stuff local media here now, but he hasn't been as high profile as John Lynch has been since he retired. No. I mean, John Lynch was a media darling when he played, both in Tampa and here, and so was Brian Dawkins. And now when the media is selecting who's going to be finalist, it shouldn't shock anybody that those two guys made it ahead of a guy that, look, everybody liked Steve Atwater. Everybody respected Steve Atwater. But Steve Atwater was just, he's not a super gregarious guy. And I think that hurts him in this. Are we going to get nice. to, to Mr. Golden T himself, no Mario? Problem. Yeah. Yeah, you, you just, I think Steve Atwater's too nice. Too nice for his own good. Yeah, there you not go. one of the nicest men I've ever met. It's a shame. Uh, bring me some sugar, would you please? Sugar. It's time for your morning sugar fix. Instant sugar high. Brought to you by Lamar's Donuts. Going beyond the news to bring you the sweet stories. Ooh, new theme song. That sounds to me like the Golden Tea theme song. Mr. Mario, a Golden Tea extraordinaire. It is. Thank you for recognizing that. Two days in a row. I really appreciate that. So that's the music they played during the video game? It's not a video game. It's a bar <laughs> game, Vic. It's like you go, Manchester, I have my back on this, please. You go to a bar, you order a beer, and you play Golden Tea against your friends. That's what Mario likes to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it might. or is it I not don't. a video game? Is it a video game? Yes, it's a video game. Okay, that's all I'm asking. It's hey, a video uh, game. Wow. Do Millennials do you... unite because these old guys can't yeah, understand that we like to have fun. About, so. Marty, I hope you, uh, there, there's something that happened two years ago today that I certainly hope you get. Uh-oh. Well, that will conclude today's sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well,
What's up, Marty? All right, so we'll start here. Eli Manning turns 37 today. What does the future look like for him? He's got two years left on his current deal and a no-trade clause. That's a great question. I'm looking at the draft order and where the Broncos end up. Do you think the Giants will draft a quarterback? Yes, I do. I think they they can see that the they need to get somebody to be the future. I think I think Eli Manning is in New York. I think whoever takes that job will want to go with Eli Manning as their quarterback in year one and probably year two. Um, but they will draft somebody and start developing. That situation looks a lot like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers to me, more so than what people tried to make it out to be here. Uh, okay, his best friend, David Tyree, turns 38. He is probably the most famous receiver that only has 54 career receptions. That's helmet catch, right? That's helmet David catch Tyree, guy. helmet yep. catch. Vic, we talked about this, I believe, last week. What's the bigger deal, the Mario Manningham catch or the David Tyree catch? Well, the Tyree catch was more remarkable because Eli had to get out of that onslaught of rushers, right? We thought he was down, and at the juncture in the game, I thought the Tyree catch is the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. Yeah, but man, that throw on the Manningham one, it was like a stork flew over and dropped the ball into his hands. It was just perfect. Trivia, where did Mario Manningham play college football? Michigan. Michigan. There you go. I don't know why I know that. You know how you randomly know where some dudes play yeah. college football? See, Vic and I would be one-third of the way to tickets if we were playing your random trivia game. Yeah, but you guys also didn't know that Tom Izzo was one of the greatest coaches in basketball history. <laughs> Look, that was before the new year. It was, you know, we needed a recharge. We're right. good now. 2018 little reset. We did, we'd have got that today. All right, what's new, Marty? Uh, Mel Gibson turns 62. Favorite Mel Gibson film? Lethal Weapon. The original. No Braveheart? Braveheart, Braveheart is very good, but the original Lethal Weapon, oh my gosh, that's a great movie. You know a quietly good Mel Gibson movie? I can't remember the name of it. Is it The Revolution, where he played that Revolutionary War yeah. the Patriot, soldier? Yeah, the Patriot, that's the, the one. The Patriot. Yeah. And you his know, son was, I hate to, hate to spoil it's it. It's been out for 15 years. Spoiler alert, but it's been out a long time. Great movie. Really, really great good role. movie. Vic, right. I'm going to go with Signs. Aim small, Ooh, miss small, Vic. Signs great small. Movie. What about Signs? Is that yes. M. Night Shyamalama? Yeah. Uh, your name's Martin Olishowicz? Uh-huh, yeah. And it's, just... it's M. Night Shyamalama. Dude, mm-hmm. Signs freak me out. That scene where they're at the birthday party in Mexico City and they see the actual aliens. Dude, that thing, I had nightmares for weeks watching that movie. All right, Vic Manchester, I'll ask you guys quickly, do we see aliens in our lifetime? No. I don't believe in sorcery. I don't believe in that crap. I don't believe in Lil B and his curses. I don't believe in all that. I believe in hard work and results. That's what I believe. Did you in. see that Lil B blessed the Rockies Enough this of that morning? Crap. I'm gonna we'll talk to Adam Morris about that in the next Did hour. you see that little B blessed the Rockies this Stop morning? It. Did Stop you it right just now? Stop it. Honestly ask Vic and I if we will see aliens in our lifetime. Is that dying to ask that question? That's the kind of stuff I lose sleep about. That was your actual question. Well, right. you're a big moon guy, so I don't really know where to go with you. The moon exists. I can see it. Did you see the video of the UFO they just released the other day? Oh Dude, go, go go hang out with Kyrie. Just, just please, you and Kyrie, go hang out and just have fun. They released a video of a UFO. All right, bro. All right, does this name ring a bell with you guys? Kevin Ware. He turns 25 yes, yes. today. Yes, broken leg, right? Leg, yeah, Louis Wilson. Yeah. Injuries ever. Yeah, he's, he's 25 today, currently playing in Greece. Never forget that. Those are one, you know, that was like a Joe Theismann one, right? You that never was, forget those. That that right I still can't. Vic Manchester, can you guys watch that? I can't watch no, that stuff. No, I can't stand that kind of stuff. But hey, you know what? He's playing in Greece, probably living a nice life, making some pretty good money. So yeah, good for him. Good for Kevin. Okay, yesterday's Power Five question was uh, one of the best games you've ever watched. This one's another candidate. 
The uh, national championship game in 2003, Ohio State beats Miami 31-24, double overtime. Featured stud freshman Maurice Claret. And speaking of injuries, Willis McGahee had one of the nastiest mm-hmm. knee oh, injuries God, in that yeah. game. Yeah, That was ugly. Do you remember the Napoleon Kaufman one on opening weekend of an NFL season, Monday Night Football, Raiders, Niners? Yep. That, his one, that one was more gruesome because it literally exploded. Yes. I mean, he, he almost exploded. He almost lost his leg. Exactly that. right. That was awful. The Willis McGahee one was awful. That Ohio State game to me is always tainted because there was some there was a bad pass interference in the first overtime. Yes, yeah. it was so bad. I mean, anytime a team comes out and celebrates the championship and then ha- they have to get everybody off the field because the refs threw a hanky, it's it's not. It can't go down as one of the greatest. There's games. a seven minute video on YouTube of a Miami fan depicting how there is not pass interference on that play. There's not. It's a bad call, and it was a terrible What does it matter, time. Miami fan? You're going to vacate all your wins anyway at some point. Anything <laughs> <laughs> else, Marty? That's all we Marty, got. This is when you're supposed to talk. I'm, you know, I'm calling Marty, Adam, talking, you talk. I'm yeah. calling Adam Morris back here. He's calling two, Adam Morris. Two years ago today, at halftime, Brock Osweiler benched, Peyton Manning to the rescue, and the rest, as they say, is history. All right, thank you very much, my friend. When we come back, Adam Mars, DenverStiffs.com, and I'll ask him who the hell is Lil B and why is he cursed the Denver Nuggets. You got the Vic Lombardi Show. This has been your morning sugar fix, brought to you by Lamar's Donuts, going beyond the news to bring you the sweet stories. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Coming up tonight, the Nuggets host the Suns at Pepsi Center. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock with a pregame show, getting underway at 635. Jason Kosminski, the radio voice of the Nuggets, will be on the call. KKSE, Parker, Denver, home of the Moe's. Home of the Cods. Tipped in by the The Abs and Nuggets. And Denver's all-sports station. Altitude 950. And this thing is over. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. He's the only one who knows what the buttons and dials do. Jesse Trujillo! He's the newlywed who hasn't yet established good boundaries. marty He's a millennial who keeps this train on track. Sort of. Will H.W. Peterson! He's the smartest man in Denver sports media. And he wrote about it in July. James Merlat! And he's the star of the show, the center of the morning universe... The one and only, Vic Lombardi! If I continue at this rate, and our guys are this tired right now, we'll have nothing left into the season. And one thing that we always talk about within our within our locker room and our organization is trust. I'm not trusting our bench right now, and, and I don't want that to creep into our locker room. I have to trust our bench because our guys are tired, and big, most important, I have to trust our bench because it's a long year, and we need everybody on board, on the same page. Very revealing. Michael Malone on the show yesterday wants to trust his bench, wants to go to his bench because that uh, seven-eight man rotation getting a little tired, fatigued. We saw it against the Sixers Saturday night at Pepsi Center. We welcome in our uh, Nuggets insider, helps us with uh, uh, putting all this stuff together, making sense of the NBA. Adam Morris from DenverStiffs.com. Adam, um, I thought that was uh, very revealing by Coach Malone to say. He is taxing his starters by playing them too many minutes at this point. It was revealing. I think it's a nice admission whenever Malone tries to shoulder some of the blame. Um, but, you know, 
and, and I, I think I'm on the outside here. I kind of disagree with it. I think he went too far over the last six games playing the tight rotation too many minutes. But I like that he shortened the rotation. I think that the Nuggets have eight guys that you can rely on, um, you know, every single night. And then a couple other guys that are a little bit more up and down. So they went through the toughest part of their season to date, uh, the end of December there with Jokic going down and all the adversity that they faced. I like that he tightened up the rotation. I just think that playing guys 36 minutes is probably about four minutes per game too many. Yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. I agree with you. You don't beat Portland and Golden State back-to-back at their place without having that rotation, in my mind. You just don't. Right. Yep. So I, I yep. wholeheartedly agree. I like the smaller, shorter rotation. But I just think at some point you have to know when a guy's fried. You have to know when a guy's cooked. And I think Michael Malone just said, hey, man, we're at that point where we have to trust other players. Why is he having so much trouble trusting Kenneth Farid? <laughs> well, you know, I think you look at the Nuggets in December and – the one thing that jumps out about how they played is they've defended really well. And, you know, Malone is a guy that I think values the defensive end more than the offensive end. Um, and, and Kenneth Freed's a guy that I think is a, a really good offensive player and struggles defensively. So I think that's probably the main, the main reason for that. And then also, the pro- one of the problems with Kenneth Freed on this roster is that he's really, really good alongside Nikola Jokic. Those guys have a great chemistry together. Around every other front court uh, pairing, he's not really that great. You can't play him with Mason Plumley. It's hard to play him at center and small ball lineups. So I think it's hard to kind of find spots for him because you always have to think, well, can he play with this guy? Can he play with that guy? So that's probably part of it. But I think the biggest thing is Malone just really wants this team to be a defensive team, and, and Kenneth Reed is, is much more of an offensive guy. And this is where we quibble. I thought Saturday night you saw Plumley struggle. Uh, Plum Dog had a tough game, both at the free throw line. He just had trouble catching the ball just one of those nights, man. Perhaps he's fatigued. I thought Saturday would have been a good opportunity to give Fareed some minutes and get some energy into the game. You and I agree on this, though. I'm with you 100%. I I talked about this on Locked On Nuggets today. I think, for me, there's an eight-man rotation, and that includes Plumlee and and Trey Lyles off the bench and, and Torrey Craig and Will Barton off the bench. Uh, but, you know, you have, like, a couple guys you go to that are kind of your, your next man up. If a guy gets in foul trouble, if he's sick, if he's not playing well, if he's not in rhythm, whatever it is, you got some guys that you say, okay, it's time to go to these guys. Kenneth Freed is the first guy in the front court that I go to, and Saturday night was a great example. They went to the hack of Plumlee. Even before they went to the hack of Plumlee where they were just fouling him so he would miss free throws, he was missing shots at the rim and just out of sorts. That's a game where I think you look at halftime and, and you say, okay, you know what, let's throw Kenneth Freed in the game. He's got, he always brings energy, and, and let's see what he provides. So the way I look at it, eight-man rotation, and you got two kind of in-case emergency guys. Kenneth Freed is your front court in case of emergency. And then Malik Beasley is a guy that I wouldn't hesitate to throw out there if there was foul trouble or if one of the guys just doesn't have it that night. Give him 10, 15 minutes, and, and he saves the other guys' legs, and maybe he provides you a boost you know, every other game or so. How do you think uh, Emmanuel Mouye gets back into the rotation? Will he? How will he? There's always opportunities for guys, and I think he's a guy right right now. You look at the Nuggets and him and Kenneth Freed both. I think the numbers over the last three years, three seasons, show that when those guys are on the court, the defense is struggling. So I I don't think that they're going to be consistently back in the rotation, but there's going to be opportunities. Jamal Murray goes down or Gary Harris or Will Barton. Any of those guys, even Torrey Craig, any of those guys go down with an injury, even for a game, 
that opens up an opportunity for a guy like Moutier. So I think there'll be opportunities for him to kind of uh, regain a little bit of trust, but I don't think it's one of those things where Malone has to give him minutes when everybody's healthy. I think, unfortunately for Moutier, he's had his chances. I think you just wait for the next uh, situation where he's forced into the lineup, and then he has an opportunity to kind of show that he's you know grown or, or he's ready to contribute again. You know, you're in the locker room afterwards, and you've seen it firsthand. Jamal Murray can be abrasive, right? He's not the easiest guy to talk to, and, and I like that. I yeah. mean, d- don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not one of these guys who thinks everybody's got to be nice. I think you have to have uh, some of that in your locker room. But I am overwhelmed at how much better this kid is getting b- before our very eyes. I-, I thought he plateaued for a while, and then boom. He- he's not only a shooter, Adam. He's a scorer. He's able to get buckets yeah. in every which way, and I think that's the next step he has displayed here in the last month. His finishing at the rim, I think, is the most underrated part of his game. He's he's really a creative finisher and has some nice touch on floaters, left-handed layups, right? I mean, just really, really good at that part. Um, And you're right. You look at this month, I think there's two things that stand out. One is his three-point shooting. We all knew he was a great three-point shooter. It's just he hadn't had an extended run where his shot was falling so far. The month of December, I think 46% from the three-point line. I mean, not just a good number, an elite number, and that's on really high volume. He's taking a lot of three-pointers and making a lot of them. The other thing is 31 minutes per game, and and for him, you know, I think Gary Harris and Nikola Jokic are the two guys you look at and say, okay, their minutes got a little out of hand there at the end of the month. But Jamal Murray's young. 31 minutes is not too many minutes. That's the right amount of minutes, I think, for for a starter. And he got up to 31 minutes, which is the most he's played in any month. And I think that kind of allowed him to get in rhythm. You know, shooters are rhythm players, and scorers are rhythm players. And his minutes have been up and down a little bit in the month of November. In the month of December, he was consistently knew where, when and where he was going to play, and I think it helped him get going. But you're absolutely right. The guy, I think, in the month of December finally showed, consistently showed the flashes of what make him such an elite prospect, and it was fun to watch. Listen, I'm a 48-year-old human man. All right, Adam, I consider myself an old man, but I also like modern music. I do. I listen to what my kids listen to. I can dig me some G-Easy, okay? I, I Drake rolls. I mean, I can do that. But I need to ask you, let's oh, get this man. out of the way right now. Who in God's name is Lil B? Oh, geez. This is, yeah, this is, I, I hate that this is going to be a storyline, Vic, and I'm sure you do too, but... You know, he was a guy that put a curse. This is—I can't even believe I'm saying this on air. Yes, He's we're talking about this. Curse. This is Kyrie Irving talk right here. This is flat Earth talk. Go on. <laughs> This—he put a curse on Kevin Durant a couple of years back, and you know, lo and behold, a few games later, Kevin Durant gets in a slump, and and they get knocked out of the playoffs, and it becomes a big story, and. He's had a couple other things where, you know, he's he's cursed James Harden, and then James Harden gets knocked out of the playoffs. So it's kind of become this running meme. He's a nobody rapper. Well, the Nuggets, you know, insulted him on Saturday night, and lo and behold, the Nuggets lose a game. Everybody thought they were going to win. So now we have this story. The Nuggets have made right by him and apologized, and now he's handed out his blessing. And, and so now I guess the Nuggets are going to go on a run. The thing that I hate is, I think the Nuggets are poised to go on a run because their schedule gets so soft, and I really hope that if the Nuggets go on a four- or five-game winning streak, we're not talking about crediting Little B and, and, and for the next month, and he's the storyline for the next month. That's what I fear. Yeah, well, no, it, you won't hear it on this show, that's for sure. But I, the fact that he calls himself, <laughs> what is it, base god or something like that? No, so it's 
it's confusing. So the base God is this, 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 I don't know, God that exists that blesses and curses basketball players, and little B is merely a prophet of the base no, God. All right. so. that, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just end that conversation. No, I'm not. This witch doctor sorcery crap. I, I just come on, man. Just go play basketball, right? I'll, just. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, Vigo. It is a funny story, and, and I have a lot of Serbian followers because obviously Nikola Jokic and. They've without without joking, being a hundred percent serious, they have flooded my mentions on Twitter to to make me know that uh that Serbian witchcraft is much stronger than Little B's curse, so they have no fears. So whatever that's worth. Witchcraft in general, whatever, man. Put the ball in the basket. Learn how to shoot, <laughs> learn how to finish. Adam, thank you so much. We'll do it every week, every Wednesday on the show. Adam Mars from Denverstiffs.com. See you at the arena tonight. All right, take care, Vic. Thanks. Thanks. And I refuse to call anybody Lil B. Little. What's your name, dude? What's your name? Do you go by a name? Do you have a name? You got the Vic Lombardi Show. Lil Vic. Guys, I want to take a moment this morning to tell you about my friends at American Financing. Give them a call at 303-695-7000 or check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. You know, I work with uh, HW. He's a millennial. So the news that came from my friends at American Financing really caught my attention. Millennials aren't just buying homes at record rates nowadays. According to new data from Ellie Mae, they're also refinancing their existing ones. It makes sense. With average interest rates falling to their lowest point in 2017, millennials are taking advantage of refinancing opportunities to lower their monthly interest payments. It's something we can all be doing right now as interest rates are extremely low. At least they will be for the next month. That's when the Fed meets again, and that could easily mean a rate increase. So don't wait much longer. Make the call to the salary-based mortgage consultants at American. American Financing today. They're at 303-695-7000. You can also check them out online at AmericanFinancing.net. Don't forget, American Financing, the official mortgage company of Altitude 950. NMLS 182334, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Here's what you missed on the latest Mark Mosier Show. And then I get in these discussions on Twitter with people. Well, quarterback isn't everything, Mosh. No, it's not everything. But it's so much of a thing that that is your A number one priority in the offseason, is finding yourself a quarterback to win with. End of story. Mark Mosier, every weekday afternoon, 1 to 3, only on Altitude 950. When friends and family come to visit, do what I do and take the short drive up the hill to Central City. It's only 30 minutes from the west side of town via I-70 and the Central City Casino Parkway. Central City offers everything your fun-seeking group desires. Hotels, dining, bars open 24-7, a craft brewery, and live casino action day or night. Central City isn't the big box, corporate-owned casino experience. It's Colorado-owned and operated, rich in history. Bring your friends and family, cruise I-70 to the parkway, and take the four lanes to Fun. Scott Ace is here. Urology cancers, including prostate, kidney, and bladder, are among the top ten cancers diagnosed in men. At Porter Adventist Hospital, part of the Centura Health Cancer Network, they are pioneers in robotic urology surgeries, performing more than anyone in the entire Rocky Mountain region. In fact, they've been named among the top 5% in the nation for prostate surgery three years in a row. Learn more about their minimal incisions, maximum expertise at porterhospital.org slash urology. 
This is Jan. Congratulations. You've just won our raffle. That's what it's like at Toyotathon. Toyotathon? Yeah, our biggest event of the year. We still have incredible deals like low APR financing and low lease offers on our amazing vehicles. But it all ends January 2nd. I still have 10,511 calls remaining. Better be quick. Done. Congratulations. Now get in before the deals are gone. Toyotathon is on. Get 1.9% APR financing for 60 months on a new 2017 Tacoma with 1748 per thousand borrowed. Or get 1750 cash back on Tundra Crumax. Offers end December 4th. Visit Toyota.com to learn more. Toyota, let's go places. APR and approved credit from Toyota Financial Services. Cashback savings from TMS USA Inc. Does not include college grad or military rebate. Offers may vary by region. See participating dealer for details. Offers end December 4th, 2017. Test drive any of Toyota's eight all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive vehicles like 4Runner, RAV4, Highlander, or Tacoma. Only at your hometown Toyota stores. Toyota, let's go places. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Patrick Mahomes. I know you didn't play the entire game, but you saw enough of him. What'd you think of him? I saw enough of Patrick Mahomes to think Alex Smith is going to be a free agent next year. Keeps lead yesterday, man. He had a lot to say. Good stuff. Uh, also went on to tell us um, Alex Smith, probably not the number one guy on his list in terms of uh, available quarterbacks this offseason. I, I bluntly asked why, why not. And, he said Alex Smith's more of a system guy, a system QB. Well, guys, I, I'm led to believe that a system QB would have probably won 10 games with this team this year. Alex Smith on this roster this year, how much better are they? Uh, you're probably right, but it also is that's your ceiling, right? So, like, yes. for me, and I want to take a quarterback at number five, and I think you can get to 10 wins even with a rookie quarterback if he can make a few plays and doesn't make too many mistakes. But – that's not the ceiling. You're taking a guy at number five because you want him to be a quarterback who can lead you to 12-win seasons annually like Peyton Manning did. That's lofty expectations, but that's the goal. The problem with the system, guy, is there's a ceiling. Um, HW, on the rundown, you asked the question, and it's about time we answer it after listening to both fans, Joseph John Elway yesterday. Mm-hmm. Which big-time players... Do the Broncos move on from? Well, and you gave me a few answers yesterday, Vic. Now that you've had 24 hours to to sit on it, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if I remember correctly, you yesterday said Akib, Emmanuel, and CJ. Do you still feel the same way that Akib, Emmanuel, and CJ I'm, will all I'm be gone? I'm not sure about Akib anymore, only because of what Elway said later in the press conference when he was asked about you know what his team needs, and he's you know he, he loves the position of strength from which they work, and that is defense. He says he never wants to take away from a position of strength. Wouldn't parting ways with Talib take away from that position of strength? Isn't that what he's saying? I don't know. So yesterday, I, I placed the percentages of Tlaib returning at 10%. After listening to Elway, I'm going to throw him back up to 50%. Wow. So Manchester and I both said it was a coin flip yesterday. You're kind of coming around to this now that Aqib Tlaib being back with the Broncos is officially a coin flip. Again, based on what Elway said, if the position of strength is defense, why would you take away from the defense? No, I'm I'm with you. He also said that last offseason and then didn't bring back Wade Phillips. So point. he's been known to, you know, go ahead and take away from his strength. Great point. Past. Uh, you know, it, 
Look, Demarius and Emmanuel, they have too much money tied up in wide receiver. Two, two of their One top of those guys got way go. too much. Two money. of their top four guys. guys go. If I, you can trade DT for anything just to get rid of the number, you do it. Yeah, now you got to figure out. You know, you're still going to eat some of that though. That, that's the trick. Is even with the trade, you're eating some of it. CJ, there's zero dead money, and he's four point four point five against the cap. He's he's gone. Um, All right, so Manchester, I'll ask you, and I and I know you're going through this right now. If you trade Emmanuel, you five point three hit your cap next year. That would, ain't happening. If you, you trade DT, seven million dollars hit your cap next year. That ain't happening. But it, it, can't you like talk teams into eating more Maybe. money, or is this just like Manchester? So so Vic's on record with CJ Emmanuel. And Akeem, but he's now hedging Akeem, so we need to be fair about that. That after listening to John, he's uh, he's disagreed a little bit. Um, I'm not waffling; I'm just reacting to what I. No, hear. I get it, Vic. You're you're being smart, dude. You're you're an honest man who tells people on these airways what you honestly think, and I I think it's important that we are transparent with people and we don't stick to stick to takes if they're bad. But Manchester, what? Uh, give me a give me another name or two. And again, are, are you kind of agreeing with Vic on on these names that we're tossing around here? No. And by the way, after June one, if you cut Emmanuel or Demarius, you're basically just eating their prorated bonus. So it's more in the mid twos to low threes. Here's a guy that I think it's a ten million dollar cap number that may come off whether they want to or not. Are we sure Derek Wolf plays again? Mm. Vic, thoughts? He, he, he did not close the season due to injury. I, I just wonder, had the Broncos been in it, if he'd have been available to play. And I don't know, and I, that that may be unfair to speculate about a guy's health, but, dude, that's a serious problem, and it's the second time he's had issues with his neck and his spine and, and that kind of thing. I mean, that's that's scary. Um, I think CJ's a for sure. Menelik Watson? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's just there's a lot of... There's, they could cut him after June 1, and it's only 1.3 against the cap. The problem with cutting after June 1, and everybody says, why don't they just wait to cut all these guys after June 1? Well, because you don't have the necessary money to go out and get free agents. Right? Correct. That money's tied up in these guys, in these players, until June 1st. So if you want to go get another tackle, if you want to go get another receiver, you don't have that money available to you under the salary cap until you cut them. I, I, I think Bradley Roby's a shot. There's no dead money there. And I know they like Bradley Roby, and they want to get him on a second contract, but that's what's he, a, what's, what's he making? He's eight point five against the cap next year. Wow. So th- there's that. That's an option. This guy had a good year, but he's got very little dead money, and that's Doma Tapeco. I mean, he's five hundred thousand dollars if they if they cut him, and you save three point seven. Yeah, you know. You just mentioned two defensive tackles. Considering how much better they played against the run this year, I don't see them messing with that. I would I agree don't. with you. I, you know, but you don't have to scroll down. I mean, if you start scrolling down too far, there's nobody on here that's a big enough savings that yeah. it matters. Yeah. Well, I think we all agree if they if they want to get in that Cousins game, if they want to spend the twenty million plus, someone's got to go. If they opt to wait until the draft to go that route, then. They can stick with what they have on the roster and just eat whatever salaries are out there. Um, it's it's a huge decision to be made. If you ask me today which way the Broncos are going to lean, I think they're going to spend the money on Cousins. I think that's what they're going to do. Now, is Cousins and Mayfield a possibility, Vic, or where will they go at number five if they sign Kirk Cousins? It's a good question. I mean, I, I've i always been one to believe you take what you think is the best player. If you think the best player's Mayfield, you take him. If you think it's alignment, you take alignment. 
if you already have a quarterback that you're going to entrust as your starter, then you go get other players that will make that quarterback better. Mm. So Saquon Barkley from Penn State. How, Manchester, I want to get your thoughts on that. Barkley from Penn State. He obviously had the, the big, big day uh, in the bowl game. What was that, New Year's Day? Mm-hmm. Um, and they even said they weren't going to play him all that much, and he still went off and embarrassed Washington. Uh, how do you feel about Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley is going to do very little here if there's nine guys in the box and they're in the backfield when he gets the handoff. Uh, the problem is that this team is too easy to defend without a quarterback. Now, if you, if you got Kirk Cousins and Saquon Barkley, you improve that offense immensely. I just have a problem with tying up that much money and saddling this team for the next five years with Kirk Cousins. Because what has Kirk Cousins ever won? Ever. Okay, He's I, been on I, bad I, football I teams. I well, don't you know disagree. What? No, no, no. Peyton Manning, when he didn't play, Indianapolis went 2-14. and 14. When Peyton Manning left here, this team fell apart. He was on bad football teams, too. Great quarterbacks elevate your team mm. and... Twenty-five million bucks Peyton, a year Peyton is had a Von great Miller. quarterback. Peyton had Von Miller. He had Aqib Tlaib. He had Chris Harris. He had Malik Jackson. He had Derek Wolf. He had Brandon Marshall. He had really? Danny Trevathan. Hang on, time out. Were all those guys on this team? Because they were, and they just went five and eleven. So you just Malik listed, Jackson and Danny Trevathan. You just were. listed a bunch of damn good players that are still on this team, and they went five and eleven. What was the turnover from twenty ten to twenty and eleven on the Indianapolis Colts? Well, that made them a, go from being a team that was always the last team to lose a game to two and fourteen. What was the difference? It's more of a coaching problem. Manchester, I, oh I don't dis- I don't disagree with you on on going all in on the draft. He's the mad. trouble is there isn't that can't miss Andrew Luck guy out there. It just doesn't exist. You can't tell me. You can't point to one of these quarterbacks and and lead me to believe right now that he's a fine guy. Is there Carson Wentz or Jared Goff? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Nobody said those guys were Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was surefire. He was surefire. Everybody knew it. We all saw it in college. He had. Everything you would evaluate, you knew he was going to be good. He's the exception to the rule. Vic, we're trying to why. Or go ahead. Let me tell go you ahead. why a guy like Jared Goff, and and you say Jared Goff as if he's the answer. Would you be surprised if Jared Goff and the Rams lost this weekend? No. Okay, young quarterbacks take time. That's all I'm telling you. So if you but he's a damn you go good the player. Quarterback route. It's two to three. Years before you no. compete for a Super Bowl. No, no, no. They could win. This, they could win the Super Bowl this year. And why? They have a great defense, and they have a great running back. And those guys, because they're special, have been able to carry Jared Goff through, Goff through his second year. And Goff has been fine. But it, it's my point. It, he's the perfect example for my point next year with a rookie quarterback. With this defense and some of the talent they have on offense, and you guys made. May be critical of Emmanuel Sanders or Demarius Thomas, but that's a damn good wide receiver combination. You could get by and be competitive. I'm not predicting them they'll win the Super Bowl, but you could be a playoff contender with a rookie quarterback next year. Real quick, Vic, 4533 on the text line. And again, we pride ourselves on transparency on this show and being honest. Um, hey idiots, Talib let Hunt score on the Chiefs first touchdown Sunday and got benched for it. No chance he returns, Vic, you your know, reaction. Wait a minute. I saw the play because the people have sent it to me. I've seen the play, and I didn't ask to leave about it. probably should have. But Kareem Hunt had the angle already. He got through the line of scrimmage. I don't think Tlaib is going to catch him no matter what. Even if he went full tilt sprint, he wasn't going to catch Kareem Hunt at that point. So I get it. it the optics are horrible. Makes it look like he's jogging. But you got to be in the game. you got to be in the game. you got to understand the speed of the game. He wasn't going to catch Kareem Hunt. He already was by Tlaib before the – he looked a lot slower because he knew that guy was going to score at that point. 
Mm, so uh, you're defending Aqib Talib because defending him. I'm I heard a lot of people yesterday, and I and I wish we'd gotten to it, Vic, but it was such a busy day. I heard a lot of people ripping Aqib Talib. It yeah. looked worse than it was. Look, Aqib, it looked worse than. Trust me on that. Aqib Talib worse than it was. Knew he wasn't going to play much, and you know, it, it, look, was he going through the motions in his one series? Maybe, but it was obvious the no fly zone wasn't going to play much. At any point, did you ever, before that play, whatever you want, did you ever challenge Aqib to leave that he wasn't playing hard? No, no, ever, God, no. But, but Vic in Manchester, real quick, I want to run a theory by you, and you can tell me on the other side. I've heard this theory. I've seen it on Twitter. There is a theory that Aqib Tlaib and Chris Harris didn't play hard on Sunday because they don't like Vance Joseph. Is that fair, well, or is that ridiculous? Th- where you get these theories? It's preposterous. Who, who comes up with these theories? Do you want a name? I mean, is, is this you and your boys at the urinal after a Nuggets game? Theory. Uh, Vic, I'm ridiculous. not, not going to throw the person under the bus on air, but I'll text you the name off air. You can text me all you want. That's a ridiculous notion. Guys I, I purposely Vic, lay back. Vic, Dude. I lean your way. I lean your way. I think it's ridiculous. I like Aqib Tlaib. He always texted me back. He always came on the show. I think it's absurd, but I also think we can't ignore Listen, it because it's out there. If Chris Harris Jr. and Aqib Tlaib didn't want Vance Joseph back, they have enough respect in that building that they go into John Elway and Joe so. Ellis' office yeah. and tell them that privately. They don't have to quit and hope John Elway reads the tea leaves okay. correctly. Can we, can, we be, can we be for the record here that I agree with you guys, but it's also a big name in this town pushing that theory. Right. Well, that's so. one of the dumbest theories I've heard. I, I don't know agree. who it is that's putting it forth, but that is just... Poppycock. It's a stupid theory. I agree. Balderdash. We got the Vic Lombardi show when we come back. Uh, new segment. Marty O will tell us where we're wrong. And if you're wrong, he'll let you know. We're back after this. is the home of the Nugget. And every Wednesday at noon, we're talking hoops. Former Nugget star Earl Boykins joins Hastings and Brownman to break down the Nuggets and the NBA. There's a lot of guys that have the talent to dominate. Not many have the heart or the desire to go out every single night and dominate. The Earl Boykins Basketball Hour. LeBron can't guard Melo. But the problem is, you know, Melo, he, he does what he wants to do. Earl Boykins joins us uh, with Scott Julie every Wednesday. Wednesday at noon on Altitude 950. Hey, man. Haven't seen you in a while. You still working at that warehouse by the airport? Yep, I've been there a little over five years now. How much are they paying you? About eleven fifty an hour. Eleven <laughs> fifty? Really? Well, why don't you come work with me at the Safeway Distribution Center? The starting pay is seventeen dollars and fifteen cents per hour. Wow! I can start out making seventeen dollars and fifteen cents an hour. Oh yeah, and that's just the starting pay. After being employed for two and a half years like me, you'll make twenty four fifty per hour. Plus, you'll receive raises along the way. That's incredible. Do they offer benefits? Yes, sir. You'll get an amazing benefits package once your probationary period ends. How do I apply? Just log on to SafewayDenverDC.com. Safeway, a company you can retire with, is hiring full-time employees for their order selector positions, working in their distribution center located on I-70 between Colorado Boulevard and Monaco. The starting pay is $17.15 per hour. Apply right now at SafewayDenverDC.com. That's SafewayDenverDC.com. Safeway is a drug-free workplace. Must be at least 18 years old to apply. Next 
time you want to drive up the hill to play at the casinos in Central City, don't crawl up that old twisty canyon stuck behind slow buses and gravel trucks. Do what I do. Take I-70 to the Central City Casino Parkway. It's a quick, easy, scenic drive. And best of all, it's a modern four-lane highway. Central City offers everything you need. Hotels, dining, bars open 24-7, and live casino action day or night. So remember, don't take old twisty. Cruise I-70 to the parkway and take the four lanes to fun. Save hundreds on your next Yukon, Buick Encore, Sierra 1500, or Acadia at Sus Buick GMC. At Sus, there are no dealer fees, ever. The price you see is the price you pay plus tax. Sus saves you hundreds on their vast selection of over 500 new and used cars and trucks. So when you're looking at the sleek and powerful new GMC terrain on Sus.net, you can focus on how you'll spend the hundreds you saved. Sus Buick GMC, where they treat you like family. Family owned for over 35 years at 1301 South Havana in Aurora. At KeyBank, we believe financial wellness is all about taking small steps. Financial wellness means spending your money wisely and being aware of your spending. KeyBank's financial wellness tool not only makes it so that I can track my spending, but I can see what I'm spending my money on. I feel more conscious of what I'm spending, and I feel like I have the reins more than I did before. If you want to take your first steps to financial wellness, use the red key. KeyBank. Member FDIC. The National Western Stock Show rolls into Denver January 6th through the 21st. So saddle up and ride. 16 days of family fun and rodeo excitement, including the original extreme sport, PBR bull riding, rough and tough pro rodeos, world-class horse events, the Super Bowl of livestock shows, and acres of Western shopping. Hey, if that don't light your fire, then your wood's wet. So come make some memories with us. Tickets are on sale now at nationalwestern.com in all King Super's locations. Altitude 950, Denver's all-sports station. Text us at 30933 to join the show. I, I need to make sure people understand the difference here. Um, on the text line, 4533, thanks for addressing the Tlaib play. He won't be back. Listen, Listen to my words here. That play is not going to have any impact on whether or not Aqib Tlaib returns. Okay, that one play, as bad as it may have looked to you on television, is not going to impact his future as a Bronco. There's a lot more to consider in Aqib Tlaib. His salary, the direction of the team, where they're going to spend that money. There's a lot more at play than that one play. So I hate it when we take something like that and, and decide that it is the it is the reason. That's it. That's going to put it over the top. It's not at all the reason. One play does not a team, a season, a decision make. Trust me on that. No, I, Lombardi show. Yeah, I would agree with you, Vic. I would agree with you. Um, you love when I hit this drop. You will never tell me you love when I hit this drop, but I'm going to hit the hit drop. It, hit it. Breaking news on Altitude 950. Do you want to hear it? Please. It better qualify. This is from our friend Patrick Saunders over at the Denver Post. Manchester, you will get a kick out of this. Rockies' David Dahl tells Patrick Saunders he's scheduled to swing a bat on Thursday. Patrick's words, not mine. It's a big step for Dahl and for the Rocks. David David Dahl exists. He lives. Vic, Manchester, will David Dahl be a starting outfielder come April? Hold, Hold on a second. He's going to swing a bat on Monday. You mean Thursday, to tell me Thursday? Thursday. You mean to tell me that this kid went an entire calendar year without swinging a baseball bat? 
Well, we don't know that. Didn't he have a didn't he have a rehab assignment? Like he played a couple of games in Hartford or something, and then can't they, imagine it. Went and then real they well. shut him yeah. down again. So, and it was also mysterious. Was it a rib injury or like it was something in the midsection, right? Like some sort of torso problem. I mean, it's a positive sign, but dude, when he's taking you know full cuts against live action in spring training, I'll get excited. Until then, he's just another guy that's in the mix. I agree. I, I got to see it, man. And, and I, I, it's not a character thing, right? I hate it when people attack players who get hurt, who attack their character. I hear this all the time. Well, he's always hurt. Like they want to get hurt, right? Like they, they look forward to being injured. They, they plan on injuries. It just happens, man. So I'm not going to attack the kid's character. I'm just saying, until we see him play extensively, you can't expect anything out of David Dahl. No. I have no idea. All right, we, we, we need to get to the, na- the stadium name, but real quick, I, and Manchester, you've got a point to make. I want to let you make it. But real quick, Wade Davis um, met with the media yesterday, wouldn't really talk about Coors Field, but said he wanted to come to Denver because the Rockies can be a winner. So, Manchester, I want to hear your point, and then I want to hear your thoughts on Wade Davis uh, coming to Colorado because he thinks they can, they can win. He had 77 at-bats last year. Okay. In Lancaster, which is... And we're talking David Dahl. Upper A ball. And then then he had 70 in Albuquerque. He played 17 games in Albuquerque trying to get back and and be ready to go, and he hit 243, and they shut him down. Real quick, thoughts on Wade Davis yesterday saying he came to Colorado because he thinks they can win. I say plan the parade route. I I say we're throwing a parade in November. Are those too high of expectations? No. This team can win. Winning the World Series or for getting to the playoffs and doing some damage. For winning a World Series. We're not throwing a parade unless they win the World Series. This team is always going to hit well, and they have a really, really good lineup. They have a lineup that can play great defense, and that's something that's especially important in Coors Field. They have good enough starting pitching, especially with some really young arms that showed some promise. They were in most games last year, and every time the Rockies are good, and by that I mean making the postseason. Their bullpen is good. Their bullpen is good. Yeah. And this is the best bullpen they've ever had. I'd, I'd like to see uh, a little more security at first base. I'd like to see an established first baseman. And I think if they go with that, well, we'll see if Ian Desmond can play there and move. I, I, I don't like that. Why can't like Desmond go all Gerardo Parra on us, though, and have a bad first year and a good second year? Like, no, I think Desmond can follow the Parra model. Don't I don't you, disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree, but I think part of the issue with Desmond is he doesn't have a position. He's a positionless player, and you can't tell me that doesn't affect their at-bats. He's he's the first baseman. I, and I think you just that was the plan going into spring training well, last year. Put him year. there and leave him there. I agree. And that was the plan last year. He got hurt in spring training. He got hit in the hand, broke the hand. They went with Mark Reynolds. Mark Reynolds had the fantastic start. And you couldn't take him out of the lineup, even when he fell off dramatically in the second half. You're going into spring training. Ian Desmond's your starting first baseman, and unless something weird happens, like he gets hit in the hand again in a spring training game, he's your first baseman all year long. All right, Vic, major story yesterday. Joe Ellis finally addresses the naming rights. You and Easy E may not have to go up with your crescent wrenches after all. Let's hear from Broncos president, Joe Ellis. Yeah, uh, I do, actually. We're... Uh... We're, we're, I actually spoke with Jay Roberts this morning. He's our stadium manager, and uh, we're in the process of having engineers looking. We're going to take the signs down. Uh, all of the exterior signage will come down here starting probably in a week or ten days, I think. Uh, the name, Nikki, needs to remain in place for a while because we have some placeholder events both inside the building and then in the bowl itself, some concerts and stuff. And 
there's uh, there's just some connection to that name, whether it's with, through ticketing or event management or things like that. Uh, I suspect by the start of the season, we'll either have a placeholder name or a name on the building that involves a corporation supporting that name. Hmm. Vic, go. What do you think? Well, it's about time. Um, why, why it's taking this long is beyond me. And, and let, let's not beat around the bush. The reason why it's taking this long is they didn't want to pay for it. It costs money to bring down a sign. Bring down that sign, right? It's going to cost a few bucks to do it. They're, they're finally willing to pay the freight. Now, do they have somebody to replace the sign? Do they have a sponsor in place? Not yet. But for the low, low price of $27, I am willing to take that sports authority sign from the south end zone off the Broncos' hands. I will take that sign home with me. It's mine. That's a, that's what you're charging. I, I think it's going to go for a little more than that, Manchester. Don't you think there's a uh, a well, bit of mean? a, a novelty mean? factor here if you end up with the sign in your basement or something? Yeah, but I mean, you know, look at all. There's that place in Vegas, right, where they have all the old signs from all the casinos and everything. It's like a, you know, neon sign graveyard. Where's this thing going to end up? I think Vic Lombardi's basement's perfect. I think my dad's car wash. Dad. What do you actually invite us over? Car wash. He's got enough space, enough real estate over there. We're changing the name Reliable Car Wash to Sports Authority Car Wash on 10th and Wadsworth. It's got a ring to it. I am happy that they're finally getting around to this, and it's a sign that that they're not tone deaf at Dove Valley. That they actually listen and they realize this looks bad. And let's bite the bullet, spend the $400,000 or whatever they said it was going to cost to change the signage and just stop being an embarrassment. Well, changing the signage is one. I I just wonder how long before they have an actual sponsor to take on that name, right? Because this is troubling that it's been now two, we're going on two years, two years, and they can't find anybody to put their name on the side of the stadium. Yeah, but Vic, you and I were both in the room yesterday, and Joe Ellis, uh, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but he made some comment like people not need to not make ex- uh, assumptions, right? And so... Um, if we're just being fair and we're just being honest on these airwaves, um, did we make too many assumptions about this? What's going on with this name? Can, can I make a quick aside here? And sure. You just mentioned listening to Joe Ellis talk yesterday, and I don't know if you guys had the same takeaway. I, I love Joe's demeanor. I love his humility. I love the way he sits back and understands the problems that the Broncos have encountered and the patience that it's going to take to get out of it. And un- I just like the way he leads. I really do. It's, it's sort of my, it's my style. I, I really, he doesn't go crazy. He understands he's not a rah rah guy. He, he gives, he delegates, he gives leash to the people that need it, but he also understands that they have some work to do. And uh, I just loved his press conference. I thought, I thought it was the most profound statement of the day when he said all these slogans and trophies that these players see every day, I think it's starting to seep into their psyche, and it's affecting the way they play. We need to get back to work. Work is what wins games, not trophies, not slogans. No, I I thought he was great, too. My time there, Joe was was there. He was awesome to work for. He was great to me. Um, So I've always been a fan. He He's always been very gracious when we're out at training camp, when we've seen him at both Super Bowls come on the air and done all those kind of things. So um, I'm a big fan. It was interesting to me because we've talked about it a lot with this ownership issue, Vic, of part of the problem is there's not a guy that's in charge, right? You kind of feel like John Elway and Joe Ellis are at the exact same line on the org chart. When really they're not. And I got the sense yesterday that's not the case. No, because Joe said, you know, Joe made sure to say it. It is my job to make sure 
when things go awry that we we fix it. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, so so Joe Ellis made it clear yesterday that Joe Ellis is in charge and Joe Ellis is the freaking boss at Dove Valley. Joe Ellis is John Elway's boss. Woo! Yes. But why is that a what what's going on here? Why why are you reacting the way you are? Because I agreed with Manchester that it was unclear who was whose boss, and I respect the hell out of Joe Ellis for making it clear yesterday that he is indeed John Elway's boss. Well, it's one thing to say you're the boss, it's another thing to take action. It's a tough one, man. It's oh, a tough dude, one. I get it. And, and I want and, and I'm on the record saying John deserves to keep his job. You go to Super Bowls two mm. Super Bowls in three years. I don't like these idiots on Twitter who blow my mentions up calling for John Elway's job because that crap is asinine. They do need to start making John fill out PT, PTO requests for all this time off. There's no way he had that much vacation last <laughs> I don't know what the hell a PTO request what, was. You got HR about it? Paid time off. I, right? I, had, I swear to God, I've been, in, I, I've been in this business 30 years. Until I joined this place, I had no idea what the words, the letters PTO well, stood for. I've got the form. I can email it to Joe. He can print up, I don't know, eight or nine copies. So John has one for every vacation he wants to take this off season. You know, I can even type in South Africa, Coeur d'Alene, Napa, um, LA with LA. Wiener Mama, whatever. Good I can, to know I that Manchester is monitoring the Broncos schedule. Tahoe. Good to know. We could do Tahoe. We could fit that one in there. I do Tahoe. Tahoe's a hell of a place. Not bad. Yeah. Did you just come back from vacation? What about your schedule? You want me to start I did. Yeah, what? I was. Yeah, but Vic, go? that's what normal people do. They Oklahoma. take vacation. Yeah, I was I was gone over uh, New Year's. I wasn't gone the weekend before the draft when I'm a GM of an NFL team. Oh come on, man! Now you're you're speaking in you're, it's no, hypocrisy. I'm it's, not. You are being hypocritical, and you know I will challenge you on the air. I, dude, tell me when I was out of town when it was important. You're out of town the day after the Broncos season finale. Give me a break. We weren't even on the air. Exactly. Exactly. All right. We got the Vic Lombardi show. We're back after this. Here's what's happening at Altitude 950. Join Altitude 950 Saturday for opening day of the National Western Stock Show. Stop by the Altitude 950 booth between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. outside the Expo Hall and enter to win an autographed Colorado Avalanche hockey stick. The National Western Stock Show running Saturday through January 21st. 16 days of family fun and rodeo excitement. Get more info now at Altitude950.com. Kevin Flesh here from Flesh Law. You've been in a car accident? You're told by friends to get an attorney. However, the insurance company is willing to settle now. You wonder, will I end up losing money by getting an attorney? Insurance companies want this situation. No attorney and, more importantly, a quick settlement in their best interest. That's where Flesh Law can help. We take away all your doubt and get you the money you deserve. Call me, Kevin Flesh, today at 303-806-8886, 303-806-8886, or fleshlawfirm.com. Over $135 million. That's how much money the C3 Group recovered for its clients just in 2017. The C3 Group is a group of licensed public insurance adjusters, engineers, appraisers, meteorologists, and other experts here to help you with your insurance claims. Consider them a go-between between you and your insurance. Let the C3 Group help you today. Visit the website at c3adjusters.com. C3Adjusters.com Safeway is currently hiring drivers to work in our transportation department located on 570 in Colorado. You will ensure that deliveries are made on time with precision routes and timely scheduling. You will be able to go home at the end of every shift. And the starting rate for the driver's position is $22.49 an hour with a potential bonus of up to $5,000. 
You must have documented work experience in the transportation trucking industry to be considered for this position. You must have a Class A CDL, at least three years or equivalent to 300,000 miles of all-season or mountain driving experience with tractor-trailer equipment. Refrigeration experience preferred. Must be 21 years old to apply. This is a great opportunity to work with a stable company you can retire with. Safeway treats their employees outstanding, offering an excellent compensation and benefit package, starting out at $22.49 per hour with a potential bonus of up to $5,000. To apply for the driver's position, log on to SafewayDenverDC.com. That's SafewayDenverDC.com. Safeway is a drug-free workplace. What's at Lamar's Donuts that you won't find at any ordinary donut shop? How about gourmet indulgences of the highest quality? Lamar's Donuts are always made by hand daily and with only the best ingredients. That was Ray's way. Come enjoy our delicious donuts at one of our nine conveniently located Colorado Lamar's. And also visit us online at Lamar's.com. That's Lamar's.com, where we have simply a better donut. Altitude 950, Denver's All Sports Station. Now, back to Vic Lombardi. Uh, Varlamov left the game late in the second period, did not return. He was replaced by Jonathan Bernier. What is the status of Varley from what you know now? Yeah, so he's, he, uh, it's hard to say that he's day to day or he has a lower body injury. Um, looks like it's muscular, so. I would say after that would that we'd be evaluating him to see if he's uh, ready to go at some point during that bye week. That is the coach, Jared Bednar, on this show. He joins us every Wednesday, 730, uh, assessing the uh, status of Varley, who injured himself last night. Left the game late in the second period, did not return. A muscular injury, lower body injury. Guys, I hate hearing that because we know what Varley has uh, struggled with the last few years. It's been that groin. And it's been constant, and it's been chronic. So if it's a reoccurrence of the groin injury, that troubles me. Yeah, and that's really troublesome for a goaltender. So and this is something to keep eye on. Yeah, definitely. And Jonathan Bernier, um, I, I need to give him credit, Vic, because they did the Jets did tie the game. But I don't know how much overtime you guys saw last night. But but Bernier guys in overtime was really really solid and really good, and that helped set up Eric Johnson scoring the game winner with 10 seconds left or whatever it was. So um, while I am concerned about Varley, don't get me wrong, I am concerned. I'm not trying to diminish my concern about Varley. I do think they have a very capable replacement in Jonathan Bernier. If that's what happens, again, that's a big if. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed we get good news on Varley shortly. Well, it's especially the way they're they're playing of late, right? They're only three points out of that, that wild card spot. They are, they're winning at home again. Um, they're confident that top line with McKinnon and Landy and, and Ranton. And oh, it's goodness. the best line in hockey, Vic. I mean, my did you goodness. hear Mark Rycroft talking about that last night? I mean, Mark Rycroft was, and there's one other line out there, and I and I can't remember who it is, but he was saying, other than that, it, it's the best line in hockey. Um, we got something in Manchester. I want to hear you on this real quick. We got something brewing at Pepsi Center with with both teams, uh, but with this Abs team, man. I mean, the playoffs. I I know you guys think I, I'm crazy, and I'm and trying to find it right now, but I mean, playoffs. Know. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? What are you, what are you looking for? Uh, I, I want your and Manchester's thoughts on it, 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 the last two weeks. I've pumped this playoff narrative, and you two have dismissed me. No, we haven't. I haven't dismissed All right, it. Sorry, Vic has dismissed me. I have said 
being in contention for a playoff spot, and right now they are, what are they, three points out of the wild card? With two in hand. Right. So, you know, they, they're very much in contention. If they, It's January, which is, Vic, I don't want to speak for you, but I think that's beyond our expectations that they would be that close at this point in the year. Playoffs? You, you get two months further playoffs? down the calendar, and they're me? still playoffs? in this kind of spot? Great. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? I, I don't know that I would bet on it, but do I think they're going to be in the running all the way through the season or at least into into March? Yeah. One year ahead of schedule, right, Vic? Is For that sure. A, is that a fair take? Yeah, well, just be in, the, be in the competition, be in the running. Let's talk that when, when the schedule closes in uh, March and April that they have a chance to secure a playoff spot. To me, that's a, an extremely successful season Agreed. based on expectations. Agreed. Now, now, when you look at the Nuggets, they're in a different position. They need to make the playoffs this year. Yes. That's the expectation. Yes, fair or not, they do. Yes. And tonight, totally agree is, with you. tonight's a big game after the stinker against the Sixers. That was you know, a, this game scares me. Well, I, I mean, it's Phoenix. You got, if you yeah. got, I don't care. I, I don't care who it is. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if they're playing the Generals tonight. I don't care if they're playing Will's Kent Denver team of 2006. Tonight's game scares me because... Well, I wasn't on varsity in 2006, but thanks for bringing that up. It scares me because there's been too much time between now and the last game. And I, I think this team is better. Just look at their schedule. Look at the way they played this year. This team is better when they're busy, when they're playing when they have to win and they have to play and they're back-to-back and all this business, when they have so much time between games, I, I don't know what it is, idle time. Maybe I'm thinking too much like a coach. It scares me. Yeah, but you can't lose back-to-back home games to Philly and Phoenix. I get it. You can't. I mean, I, I, I agree. Ten, I, I don't disagree with that notion. Tonight, you got to go out there and you got to have a better effort. They were flat against the Sixers seemingly, and that's a cliche and an overused term, but they just didn't have it from the get-go. You know, the, the Nuggets have not lost three straight all season. I think they're one of four teams in the NBA to have not built a three-game losing streak. Two is the most most they've gone. So you got that going for you. Vic, Suns are 15-24, and 24, but they are 6-4 and four in their last 10. Nuggets 19-17, and 17, currently in the sixth spot in the Western Conference. But as we all know and we've discussed on this show, Gotta try to find a way to get to four or five because if you're four or five, you have a very legitimate chance to win a playoff series and that would be massive for these Denver Nuggets. No doubt. Um, again, getting there is one thing. If now you can start to figure out where you're going to be when you get there, you don't want to play Golden State. And I don't think you want to play Houston. Any other spot gives you a chance come postseason. Well, and uh, hey, Vic, real quick, real quick. We have, we have always talked on this show about how there's just eight playoff teams in the West, right? There's just eight teams. Uh, don't look now, but the LA Clippers have won four in a row and they're 17 and 19. They are one game out of play, of a playoff spot. All of a sudden, there may be nine playoff teams in the West once again. I didn't even notice that. They really are. Man, they're back, I guess, huh? Oh, they're one game behind the Pelicans. I mean, literally, if they played the Pelicans tonight and won, they'd be in the playoffs and the Pelicans would be out. So uh, I'm just, you know, trying to keep people, give them, give them an eye on something to monitor. And they're doing that with a bunch of injuries. That's interesting. Very yeah. interesting to see the Clippers back on the show. I think the Nuggets play the Clippers on January 17th in L.A., We'll see a lot there. We'll see if Gallo's back. Gallo's had a. Why do you know that date? Because you never, strain. you never know dates. So are you going to that or something? I Was, think I'm going to that game. Yes. That's Manchester, right. were you aware of this? 
Uh, no, this is first I've heard of it. Oh, in PTO form. Yeah, we're doing a lot on air today that, you know, <laughs> we probably should be doing off air, but we're doing it on well, air. I, so. I would submit my PTO form if I was actually on PTO, but I'm working. <laughs> Fair. Touche. Touche, Vic. All right, Vic, we got to get Marty O in here real quick. Tell us what we did wrong. Marty monitors the mistakes. Oh, sorry. That's not right. In today's Fact Checker. All right, boys, you ready? Oh, we're ready. On only its second day, Vic jacked up the order of the fact checker segment. He tried <laughs> throwing to it at 9.30. Yes. I do this every day. Every day I jack up some order, right? I'm out of it every day. Uh, today's balderdash count was two, uh, one during your hot take, and then there was another one during the Akib and Chris Harris theory. Okay, all right. And that's directed at Manchester, words. right? Yes, yeah. Manchester's a big balderdash. I know, and you I actually, other words. the second time around, I originally said poppycock, and then I added balderdash because poppycock didn't work. All right, at one point, HW said Manchester was being too rational. I missed the context of that, but I'm sure that was a mistake. Yeah, it had to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably shouldn't. Yeah, how does that. one become too rational? Yeah, you're being too rational. Oh, well, that's a good way to win the argument. Tell me, I'm logical. being too rational. You're being too honest. You guys know I like to have my tinfoil hat on at times. Yes, you do. Yeah. There All are right. aliens outside. Yeah. Watch out. God, it, that that was the worst question in the history of the show. <laughs> that was a great you know question. You know what was worse than that question is that we had two texters chime in on it saying, yeah, well, you know, there are other planets. Yeah, okay, great. Go hang out on Mars. Yeah. Take the next freaking shuttle to Mars. Hang out. None I, Dan, Vic, Dan Tanner's in here. Dan Tanner strikes me as a guy who's going to have my back on this, that we will see aliens in our lifetime. He just shook his head and walked out. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, as he should have. Why? <laughs> I don't care. I, I, I don't care. I really don't care what I see. If they show up, great. Dude, if you, if you saw an alien, we all know Vic Lombardi would think that was the coolest thing ever. Oh, no, I'd crap my pants. You kidding me? <laughs> what if it was a nice alien and he no, told you he no, came in no, peace? No. no. Or she nope. or it. I don't I don't know. Any other Go mistakes, Marty? Yeah, aliens. I got two more here. Uh, Vic, during the Bednar interview, you said McKinnon is the NHL leading scorer since the Duchesne trade on November 5th. That was close. McKinnon has 14, but Ovechkin and William Carlson have 16. Dude, you, you're, you're counting goals. You, you have to count points in yeah. hockey. I thought I thought you said goals. Oh, the fact checker Whoa. just got fact checked. What, what, what is oh, a we'll score? Go back and get a, some... a score is a points. Yes, hitter. it's not just goals. It's it's assists and goals. Mm. 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 Okay, fact checking so the take fact that checker. Back to Chicago. Uh, <laughs> L for Marty. All right, and finally, and possibly the worst mistake of the show, HW is teeing up the power five today, and he uttered the following sentence: "Add Pepsi Center." Finna be lit because Pepsi Center is lit oh, right now. I'm not quite sure what that that word is, but uh, yeah, finna be lit is how the dude. We're millennials. You're supposed to have my back on this stuff. I usually finna do, but I don't like that one. Lit. I don't like that one. Vic, how do you feel about finna be lit? If I had a gentleman walk up to me in any public form and said finna be lit, I'd slap him in the face. Well, yeah. You just said it wrong, so fact check. It's finna what be lit. Open finna hand, be, maybe back of the hand. Finna be lit is punchable. It is punchable. No, no doubt about it. Lit's how the kids talk, and yeah. you and I, you're not all, a kid. We all know we have a lot of kids who listen to this show, Fine. and I relate to them. Fine. If a 16-year-old says it to me, cool. That's whatever. They got their own lingo. Can you imagine if Joe Ellis started his press right. conference yesterday? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think next season Finna be lit. <laughs> I'd go and give Joe a fist bump <laughs> after the that. presser. 
I'd tell him, Joe, you're relating to the young ones. You know what, Joe? Someday they're going to spend a lot of money with you. Finna be lit. I tell you what. You and your boy Lil B can hang out and uh, exchange colloquialisms all I do, day long. Uh, Vic, I do need to make it clear. I am upset that Lil B has cursed the Denver Nuggets. I am, but I'm excited that Lil B has put the Rockies on his good list because Lil B, the base god, says the Rockies could win the World Series. Again, I'm not calling anybody a god. I mean, just the fact that we're saying this is sacrilege. Go on. What, what else do you got? What oh, that's it, boys. Only six today. Not, so. bad. Not, bad. Not bad. Manchester, what do you think about Lil B saying, like, giving his blessing to the Rockies? I don't care either way. Why? It's, why? it's, it's on the same equation. It's on that whole alien line. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's, it's so outside the sphere of reason. Uh, well, does he have some sort of special? Is this like the Bieber? If he wears your jersey, your team is jinxed kind of thing? Like, what's going on here? I don't feel like explaining the history of Lil B because I'm mad at Lil B for cursing the Nuggets because I thought the the Nuggets social media team had some fun with Lil B. But does he have a history of being accurate? Lil B has a history of being accurate. He does. does he actually unfortunately. sing? Does he have a song? I don't know. We don't even know if he sings. We don't even know if he has music. What do we know? I tell you what, forget it. Let's get to our Troy Hansford fired up finale to close the show. Jesse, we got we got anything here? No, I thought we were done with Troy Hansford for oh. the year. Okay. Okay. I did, I did see it on the rundown. <laughs> yeah. Fired up Fired finale up. is is there on the rundown. And I I think I had some today. Oh my oh, gosh. You, no, we we had some rants today, but Manchester, give it all right, Manchester. Can you give us a fired up finale? Oh my gosh, on, on the No, just t- you know, my I, I'm not trying to put tough. you I'm not trying to put you on the spot. What was you, what would you have nominated? For the uh, Troy Hansford fired up finale. The today. fact that everybody just thinks John Elway is going to fix this because John Elway wants to fix it. That's not how the real world works when you're in the NFL. There are 32 teams, 31 other ones who are all spending money, who are all playing games, who all want to try and get better too. John Elway's not operating in a vacuum where he can just go, ah, I'm the one GM that wants 